A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 50 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast. My name is Michael, and I got my co-host Ryan here. Go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan. What's up, everybody? And you're listening to Radio Free Istvan. This is a Horse Heresy 30K podcast, and uh, we got a nice little show for you guys. Actually, let me just go ahead and start by saying this is episode 50. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. That's a big number for me. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I've done 50 times in a row that's taken, what, on average, four to five hours of my life every time I do it. So, that's pretty good. Like, that's just like a hobby. Like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe painting an army or painting a dude. Yeah, I guess we're kind of bred for podcasts, now that I think about it. Just mundane, like, task over <laughs> and over again. I think I just depressed myself a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode 50, guys. Uh, we got a pretty nice little episode for you, for you all. First off, just want to start by saying uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you by you guys. You, uh, I, I got to shout you guys out every time. Y'all are live chatting with us right now as we are working on this episode. So thank you, guys. We appreciate each and every one of you, except for David Sampson. So <laughs> what do we got on store for you guys? What do we have in the barrel tonight or today? So... We're going to go through some our normal intro that we go through every time. We got some cool stuff to talk about, just back and forth. Uh, we got some hobby progress we're going to go over. Then we're going to go over something awesome that I felt like needed to be talked about. Uh, I guess I can... An army was stolen and then found by the gaming community. And so, you know, I've, I, this, this just needs to come up. It, it, I just We just have to talk about the story. Uh, then we have some voicemails we're going to go over. A couple email questions we're going to answer. Then we have a 2,500-point Dark Angels Ravenwing list, a 2,500-point Mechanicum Ordotogmata list, a 2,500-point Blood Angels Day of Revelation list, a 2,500-point Imperial list, Imperial Fist No Ride of War list. So we're going to go over that. And then we got two events we're going to shout out. It's going to be the Nova Open and Texacon. So get ready for those. And then the TNT GT in Nashville, Tennessee, which that rolls right off the tongue. We're going to go ahead and shout that out as well. So anyway, let's jump into this. Ryan, how do you feel about episode 50? Like, how do you feel that we're here? Uh, I don't know. Like, I knew we'd get here. We do it every week. Yeah, yeah you know it's going to happen, but does it feel good? Like, do you feel good that it's episode 50? Like, it's always like one it's of those things. not episode 50. We go over this every time. We, we always meet some type of arbitrary milestone, but it's only a milestone for you because you started like eight episodes before me. 
so episode 50 to me is episode 42 to you, so it's just some number. It's just a 40-second notch on the belt. It's not the 50. Okay. So at episode 58, I'm going to remind you that it's episode 50. Well, I don't even know. I don't keep track, so I don't, I don't know which one I started on. I'm not even saying it was minus 8. I can't tell you that. I don't know. Well, somebody's going to do the math out there. I know every time it happens or we talk about math, somebody does it and lets us know how stupid we are. So somebody out there is going to figure <laughs> it out. And once they do, and that episode comes along, I'm going to remind you. Well, on SoundCloud, you you write, like, Michael, Ryan, Michael, and Chris, Chris, Ryan, Michael. So all you'd have to do is go to SoundCloud and scroll down and find the first one with my name attached to the side of it, and there you go. Well, see, here's the problem. Like, I've got all this stuff open on my screen right now, and it's so delicate. <laughs> like, I'm afraid. Well, don't touch it. it. <laughs> so I said this isn't important. It's not important <laughs> enough to screw anything up. Smoke would come out of my computer. It would just be done. So, the only episode. thing I'm concerned with is past an eye of Horus. We need to fucking do two episodes a week to catch those guys. Uh, okay. We could. We just have to find uh, content. I think you get enough lists to probably do two episodes. Well, we got to do. We got to do a break the. We got to do break the glass episodes. We need to do two. We got to do two of them. We owe our well, Patreon supporters some Break the Glass episodes. We haven't forgotten, We could have had guys. a good one the other day, man. I don't know if he wanted to talk about it on here, but I was talking to a guy, and he, we were eating lunch, and he kind of got a weird look on his face, and he was like, you know what? This is like the 14th anniversary of when I had this giant firefight at Baghdad Airport. And he like starts talking about this. This big fucking firefight he was in at the Baghdad airport when he was in the army. Oh, like gunfire fight. No, I was like, th- for some was... reason, I was thinking like he was a firefighter fighting off this like blaze. But you're talking about like... <laughs> Shoot, yeah. Wow, that's real. But it was kind of weird to be like eating burgers with somebody and it like hit them. That, hey, this happened. I was like, oh, <laughs> kind of interesting. So we talked about that. While eating cheeseburgers. Derek said, get a podcast A team and a B team. So, like, have a, like, just, like, hire a second, absorb a second podcast and make that the B team. And we could just stack our episodes on top of them. Well, once we got close, I know Tim. Tim would be like, fuck these these guys. Uh, Then they'd do two a week. But then I would just like win because then I'd just get a second episode of I Have Horse to listen to every week. So we would just be doing the community a favor by getting them to do an extra episode. See, Tim could already fuck you up because Tim could actually take, because his episodes are so long and he breaks them into segments through music. He could fuck you up by just recording his normal episodes, but then breaking them them (laughs) into separate episodes. And And then, yeah. yeah, but we could do the same thing. We could still record two a week and then do the same thing, and then we'd be doing four. <laughs> we'll get you one day, I have Horace. <laughs> one day. I don't know how one guy pretending to be two guys gets us, gets to do one episode a week anyway. That's a lot of fucking editing to make it seem seamless that it's two guys doing the show. So, I mean, 
he's already doing a lot of work, so I don't think he could do two episodes a week. I think we could like fucking put the full court press on him and just blow by him. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. We should. Let's do it. We'll get a B team in here. If you're a, if you're an up and coming horse heresy podcast out there, get in contact with us. <laughs> we will absorb you, and we'll give you the rundown of the things you'll need to cover. <laughs> do a franchise. Just do like the <laughs> fucking. We were just talking about SI before. We got TFL Indiana Texas, TFL Miami, TFL Canada, TFL or RFI, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> franchise it out Ooh, done it yeah just like csi rfi miami man that'd be the dope well we got He's people in california total piece of shit redheaded fucking guy from the miami one that acts tough that's not the guy that got his ass beat in rambo the fucking gee golly willikers so and then fucking rambo beats his ass and then he, the next thing you see him on is on csi and he has the glasses and he talks like batman and he tries to be a total hard ass and it's like Fucking idiot, like fucking Rambo with grass in like two seconds in the last show that I saw you in. I'm not buying this tough guy act. You're a fucking idiot. Is that like, is that like your, I imagine you, every time you watch CSI, you watch it in your Rambo shirt. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> it's like, honey. Yeah, before, before CSI, while it's coming on, it just shows my hands with the red bandana in my, my hands and I like fucking just shows me tying it around my head. <laughs> and then CSI comes on. And you're just like, you're bullshit. Just like at the you beginning ain't of every Rambo. The whole episode, you're just sitting yeah. there just angry. Rambo, whoop your ass. Rambo, You want a war, the- CSI? You want a war, <laughs> CSI? I'll give you a war. <laughs> and then once the episode's over, you take off, take off your headband. You put it back on the counter. Your wife says, do you need me to wash your headband? And you say, yes, please. <laughs> Is CSI over? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo got no, he ain't got nothing on Rambo. You're right, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> she goes and throws in the wash your special CSI watching headband. William says, "Well, like that a guy just club. gets on my nerves because in that show, that particular actor tries to act super tough in every episode, and I'm just it's he's one of those guys that he's just not, and you can see right, right through it. Like he's just like he's terrible at acting tough." You can clearly tell he's not tough, and he acts that way, and it ruins the show. Because you know, like it's I've like when never... they shoot an action. It's like when they do an action movie. This is going to get us in trouble here because somebody politically correct is going to think I'm picking on women, which I'm not. But when they shoot an action movie and they pick a girl because she's pretty and big in Hollywood, which typically means that she's like five foot five and weighs ninety five pounds, because that's you know like a pretty actress. That's usually how they're built. But then they put them in a big action franchise where they fight these 225-pound men with fucking kung fu and shit, and they're, like, hitting these giant men, and they go flying across the room. I It ruins movies for me. It's the dumbest fucking thing ever. But the absolute worst is when they take it a step further and find a chick that's, like, really unathletic and just moves like a really white, unathletic person, and it just makes the it look really bad. It's like it's like watching a Steven a current Steven Seagal movie where he's like fat and slow, and they got to fast forward it, and it's make like the whole point of the movie <laughs> is the like stupid fucking fight scenes that it's just supposed to be like a beer and popcorn movie or whatever where you're just you know what I mean where there's like no plot like so the whole movie is based on fight scene like moving from fight scene to fight scene 
and then you're ruining even that part of the movie by picking the wrong person to do the fight scenes. <laughs> How do you feel about uh uh oh fuck what's that dude's name? Liam Neeson. How do you feel about Liam Neeson? I like him. Why wouldn't I like him? I don't know. He just seems like cuz he's he's a badass or he's always a badass, but he's always like really good and really not fast always. at like kung fu and Liam Neeson, when has Liam mm. Neeson not been a badass? I'll wait. <laughs> oh, I know he's been in non like any of the non-action movies he's in. He's been in several non-action movies. Even in like Star Wars, he like his character. He's not like a badass. He's just like some Jedi guy. Like he fights, but he's like all calm, cool, and collected. He's not like a hard ass. <laughs> Josh calls him Quit Gun Jim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angelina Jolie and Salt was like ninety pounds wet. It's also something salt? that's being said. You never seen the movie Salt with Angelina Jolie? No, it doesn't sound like I want to watch it if they're bringing it up because I'm making fun of that. The worst that I've ever seen. What's that low? People in the chat will probably know this. There's a low, fairly low budget movie where it's supposed to be like this. uh, These Roman legionnaires, like they try to go get the standard back from the picks. In Uh, like England, it's almost like a golden eagle. And it's got. Yeah, that, that. but the main the anta- main antagonist in that show is this eighty pound girl that has has had her tongue cut out in the show. Obviously, not in real life; she doesn't have a tongue. But she Damn. literally weighs about eighty pounds and and has fucking Kermit the Frog pipe cleaner arms, like no muscle tone. And when she tries to do the action scene, she moves like she's in a pool of molasses. She's so slow and unathletic, and it ruins that movie. And there's a part where she has like a one on one duel with a guy that's pretty well built that weighs like 225 pounds. And he actually gets her on the ground at one point in like full mount pounding on her. She somehow fucking managed to survive and turn it around and win. And I'm like the, whoever wrote the fucking script of this movie has one, never been any, never even seen a real fight in real life, <laughs> let alone been involved in one. Um, never watched an MMA match. Never what it like has basically grew up in a cave in a fucking bomb bunker like since they were two and then immediately got out and directed a movie apparently because it's fucking so bad. Like I just couldn't wrap my brain around. They tried to make this chick like be so hard and it was like the worst, it's the worst movie, the worst offending movie of the type of movie I'm talking about. I'm going to have to go watch that right now. Actually the movie is called the Eagle. The eagle fight scene. That's what I put. And then I'm gonna. I mean, obviously I'm gonna watch this later. But just so y'all know, the. Uh, if I remember uh, right, she's got some type of spear or something. And there's a part in the movie. I can't remember exactly what she does, but they're like in a creek, and she like decapitates a guy or tries to stab a guy or do some like, like Brad yeah. Pitt and Achilles type move where he jumps in the air and strikes. But it is so slow and so unathletic, it made me laugh, like, so hard. Like, you can tell that she's, like, the actress is, like, struggling to lift her foam movie prop and swing it because she's so weak and unathletic. But they want me to buy into the fact that she's swinging this 
fucking weapon and decapitate people. It's pretty it's funny. Channing, Channing Tatum, too. Yeah. Okay. I, I the the actual if you just if you just type in straight up uh the eagle final fight scene, you can find out what Ryan's talking about for all you people. I'll I'll actually I'll post you know what? I'll post this right now. No no no. There's several fight scenes in the movie and they're all bad. The one the one in the camp where she fights the like Roman general guy one on one in the camp, that's like in the middle of the movie. And then the the other part where they're like some fight scene in a creek there's an obvious part where the chick is like super untrained unathletic <laughs> well I think I think that's probably the scene where she must not make it out but anyway I will I'll will post this battle scene online right now just for everybody just go to our radio phrase van page on Facebook you'll be able to see it have a good time I don't know where were we how do we get here what happened where do we go I just don't know now? <laughs> like, what spurred what spurred this conversation? I have no idea at this point. I'm glad we had it. I just don't. I don't know. I, all I'm saying is, like, if you want to do something like that, <laughs> go find like Gina Carano, who is like a legit <laughs> fucking fighter, like could easily whip my ass, and she's like, you know, a well, like a decent sized person. She's like five foot nine, probably one sixty five, and fucking muscular. I mean, she's still hot. She's hot as shit. She's one of the most like she's a really really beautiful woman but she like could actually like has the weight and has the muscle mass and has the technique to actually put a fucking whipping on somebody okay so you that's all i'm like, saying you're, like you just want real athleticism oh okay i see i remember what happened now we were well, talking it's a, about it's a movie like the movie is supposed to suspend like it's supposed to suspend your belief to where you buy into the movie so, like, pick the fucking right person for the role where you buy into the movie. That's all I'm saying. They never do. <laughs> they, that's what... This this guy here from CSI, because we were talking about the redheaded guy that I can't buy into because he's this little scrawny nerd that gets beat up in fucking Rambo that's like, gee, willikers, <laughs> and then gets beat up. And then on that show, you know, is always taking off his dark sunglasses and talking like this, like, I'm going to rough this guy up. And I'm like, dude, that fucking... Uh, Haitian drug dealer guy would just bend you over and fuck you in front of these other three guys if he wanted to. Like you ain't beating anybody up. Like <laughs> that's how we got here. We that's were referencing saying. CSI, and it rolled into this the movie The Eagle. Like it's a good time. Like I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I'm glad that we made it here. So I posted I posted that fight scene up so people could. People could reference that. There was not enough time for me to go and reference get all of them, but they're there. So, did you the one where she's fighting one on one with the general guy, where he, like gets him full no, mount no, no, and he's no, like no. totally whipping her? I did the I did the 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 one in the creek is the one I posted up online. I could not immediately oh. find on YouTube the one you're talking about with the 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 fight scene. I, like I couldn't I couldn't decipher what I was looking at. While trying to podcast at the same time as watch a YouTube video, <laughs> so anyway, I don't even remember like where we were going. Like I remember there was some talk that we were trying to have. Oh yeah, I guess the intro. Like we we're trying to trying to see how you're doing. Yeah, this is and, the intro. And then next thing I know, we're having a good old fashioned discussion. This is this about is movies and shit. 
So, so yeah. So I guess let's just jump into hobby progress, man. What have you been working on? Um, I got got a little of uh, uh, April fifteenth, so next weekend, next Saturday, up at Sinclair Games. It's like on the north side of Indianapolis, and it's a team event. So I have to have fifteen hundred points of salamanders. Um, which I have way more than that painted, but I didn't have the actual specific units I wanted painted. So I painted a uh, machine killer veteran squad with all the combi meltas. And it's so I got it, I knocked it out, I painted that unit. And now I'm working on just another veteran squad with some flamers in it, a marksman squad. Just getting that all ready, getting all that green painted. Yep. So I got. Four four Marines left to paint. I got a, a Flamer guy and three guys, which is Bolters, Mark IV. I'm doing my Vets in Mark IV. My entire army is in Mark III, but I'm going to do the Vets in Mark IV. That's badass. That's, I, I don't know. Would, would, do you feel like they'd be the first to get the on new armor, the Veterans, or do you think they'd be like a – they'd be like, nah, no thanks. Our old armor's fine. Um. Well, the, the Mark IV is supposed to be the most, like, advanced and sophisticated overall. Like, the Mark right. VI has the extra sensors in it or whatever, but, they yeah. like, that's why Mark IV is called Maximus Armor, because it was supposedly, like, the best shit. Legit. So I figured that maybe they, they would get, you know, the veterans you would think would get the choice shit. I mean, really, it's just more um, easy identification on the tabletop, so I can tell my opponent, like... These Mark Four guys are vets. These Mark Three guys are normal tacticals. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. I guess I always thought like new recruits kind of thing, but like then you probably want your vets to have the most sensors and shit like that. Now that I think about it, because I was kind of going like the army kind of thing. Plus, I figure like right because yeah. well, and the other thing was I was making them. Um, like they originally were all going to be uh, marksman vets, so I figured that like the Mark IV armor just made more sense, like because they're like would be like where they could move quicker than the Mark III and like be a little more compact, where you could like you know get through ruins, get through doors, like just be more tactical, I guess. Yeah. Than like my Mark III plotting along guy <laughs> just sucking up <laughs> bolter fire. Yeah, I yeah. get you. No, More covert, I guess, like better. Yeah. So that was kind of my thinking when I went that way. Plus, I like Mark, Mark III is my favorite Mark of Armor. And so I'd already done the most of the army in Mark III. And then I was like, oh, well, how am I going to make these guys veterans? I mean, I could have just done Mark III and like painted like extra flames or whatever on them. But I was like, eh, we'll just do Mark IV. It looks pretty cool. Just give it a different look. I gotcha. That makes sense. That's fair enough paint like a helmet different or a shoulder pad off or something like that just to that in forge world because of the Badab, the badab war stuff they made really cool um mark seven salamander shoulder pads which are really close to mark four just a little lip around the edge is a little thinner but nobody's gonna fucking like who's gonna notice that but the mark seven pads have, have like purity seals and like salamander like skin hanging off of them and all that and they came out long before heresy stuff did so if you 
you go to the heresy shoulder pads, you know they're just a shoulder pad with the symbol. They don't have any extra stuff stuff on them. Yeah. But if you go to the bedabbed war ones, they have all kinds of like battle honors and like I said, purity seals and shit like that. So it allowed me to use those shoulder pads in the Mark IV. That was the other oh, reason I did it. Brilliant, dude. Fuck yeah. You should have just so, said that from the beginning. I don't, you shouldn't have had to. <laughs> have you seen them? Have you seen my guys? No. Not not up close. I haven't looked at them here. like real close. Well, here, I got pictures. I'll send you some pictures right now. Um, Maybe. I know I took nope. pictures. Here we go. You're doing something, something back there. there. And I know I took yep. more. Oh well, I can't. That's okay. So that's cool. I'm glad we're just I saw these guys dishing through. out this silence to everybody. I'm trying to talk, so y'all. Why are we silent? To. Because <laughs> you were looking for a picture to show me. I just sent it. All right, we're good. So anyway, it's got weird. So that's what I did. I did that, and then I'm working. It only got weird because you made it weird. Um, the other thing I uh, am doing is filming the videos for my missions, like we talked about, and I actually filmed one going over one mission. And sent it to you, and you edited it for me, and made my little barcode idea work. Yeah, guys, that was actually. Uh, did you did you tell all your uh, did you tell all your people that are coming to your event that they're going to have to have a barcode scanner? No, they don't have Hooray. to have one. Well, if they want to enjoy QR the scanner. fullness that is the event, yeah, QR code reader. Well, that's on them. I gave them the. I'm gonna because I'll post the. The videos will be just posted on my Facebook page for the event. The videos will also be attached to the QR scanner where you can, it'll take you to YouTube, like on the mission packet. And then they actually have the mission packet they can fucking read. So if they can't figure out the missions, then it's on them. Like I've posted, I've made videos, posted videos in two places, made a mission packet. Um, it's all like the full details have been available f since a week ago and the event's not till May 13th. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell them if they can't figure it out. I think you went with a super good idea. And I think that it looks like the gaming community has like taken the idea and run with it. Uh, I saw some pretty good feedback on, you know, just the idea of making the, uh, just making the, the QR code scannable, like making videos and all that. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it, it, it well, here's seem... somebody else came up with this idea. How cool would this be? Like, well, you know, at Adepticon where they had like the little, you open the crate and then you, on the inside of the crate, they had like a message of yeah. this happens or whatever. You could do that there. Like just instead of having the message in there, have a QR code that takes you to a video that gives you a secret message. And you could even have people bring headphones to the event. And as the organizer, you could have like um, narrative things like you guys had at your event. But instead of like pulling the person aside and whispering, whispering it in their ear, you could literally just walk by and hand them a little notes, note card sized piece of paper with a QR code on it. Just walk by and 
hand it to them, and then they could just scan it right there at the table side and watch the video with their headphones in and then follow what the video says. That'd be so fucking badass, dude. It would be like like staticky. It's like Yep. It's like, hey. You could do that. You could have you could even like have like a building, like here's this building and have a QR code like like on a sticker or piece of paper laying on top of the building or stuck to the building and people don't know like neither side knows what the building does. And then when they actually make it to the building or get inside or whatever, then somebody at the table scans it and then the video tells them like about the building or what's going on. Like you could do a ton of shit with it. That's fucking badass. And nobody would know like, cause I, then you might have like some missions that just don't get scanned. And you're like, I've made a fucking video. <laughs> like I acted. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, cause what happened? I heard on I have Horus, somebody was talking about doing audio, um, like audio, uh, God damn it, mission packets instead of just, you know, where they just read, basically read their own mission packet out so people could listen to it. So my immediate thought was, well, well, let's do that, but do a video because in audio, I can't like actually deploy model. Like I can, in my videos, I can literally physically take models and deploy them and move them around and show you how they interact with what I'm talking about, why I'm talking about it. And I explained that to somebody and then they came up with the QR code idea. My buddy Jacob through the QR code thing. Like, oh. So then I started shooting these mission videos and then a different friend of mine, Jason Turner, was like talking about the QR code and he's like, well, if you get this down and get people used to doing it, then you can start like doing the secret objective thing and stuff like that, like we just talked about. So that was kind of his idea to take it even further beyond missions and stuff. Like you could do it for like, what does this piece of scenery do over here? Oh, I'll scan this code and find out or whatever so i mean that you could use it for a lot of things do you could like you could actually like and I, I, like it could be possible to where like you i don't want to get like silly with it but like like stuff gets like acted out or maybe you like get like a cartoon maker to like like okay you you're gonna push this button right here okay like you scan it and then like as soon as you watch it like it's like a message from like somebody in a ship, like we're being fired upon. Oh my god! Like goes down. And you're just like, oh, did I do that? It's like, yes, you did. Good job. Like have like, well, you could even have during a game. You, you could even have like multiple QR codes and like mix them up. Like you don't even like don't put like what they're to on the cards and have like where it was almost like like on. A you draw event? the card for this turn. Yeah, like a random event. And then they scan it, and whatever video it takes it to, that's the event that you do. But it's like, you could do like one a turn. Like have like a deck. Like shoot like however many short videos, but you only do like one a turn. So you're only going to do like maybe six of the 20 that you put on there. But they're all like hidden YouTube videos where you can't normally access them. And then nobody's, yeah. and then the QR code is just the QR code, but it doesn't have any other details. So then you like draw a card off the top and scan it and then just do what the video says to do. And then you get like you get like a message or something or like an event happens to right. like your army or whatever. That'd be so a badass or something. We need to get with like another group. That way cuz like what we could do is like we could shoot like a bunch of videos but like get a bunch of people to shoot videos like hey, we just need you to shoot like five clips and like just like have them like you know either like 
mask them out or like make like a cartoon or something or like you know dress up like or if we get like a bunch of cosplayers like we get like work up with some of the cosplayers they act out stuff that's going on and then we'll get like six different groups of cosplayers have like them each make five videos and then we'll just like share those qr codes with like everybody and like make like a special deck what would you do with that it'd be like Like it'd, it'd be like 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 let's say you like scan an objective or something like that. Like let's say you like scan an objective and like it's your, it's it's like uh, somebody controlling your ship or something. Like saying like we're being fired upon or blah blah blah. We're going down. And it's like oh well you lost your air support so that's your fault because you drew that card. I don't think I have the same affinity for co- you. You went you went into where I wouldn't have went. I'm not into costumes and uh, cosplay and. <laughs> but that'd be like live video. Like it'd be like. Cause what, like, what were you thinking? You're like gonna scan it, and they're gonna be like, "You lose the game, goodbye." Like it just like you in front of a camera. Like what were you thinking? Well, yeah, it'd just be a mission thing. Like I get what you're trying to do. Like make it more atmospheric or whatever. I guess. Yeah, that'd be badass. Like, like now, I just imagine you like just sitting in front of a fucking camera. This is what happened. You now suffer minus one to draw. Like you suffer yep, minus one. That would be me. I'm not going to lie. That's me. That appeals to me. A guy in a commissar outfit trying to pretend to be a commissar doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> we'll see. I'm pretty sure we're going to get some like calls about this or something. Something's going to happen. I'm, I guarantee I'm... you there's people that side with you. <laughs> and then we'll just like have like a deck of cards with like the pre the QR code scanned, pre-scanned in there. It'd be dope. We'll see. But yeah, just, just so everybody knows that's listening right now, if you're wondering about QR codes or anything like that, uh, William Frank, one of our Patreon subscribers, is actually in the chat, and he makes a really good point. Uh, if you have the Chrome app installed on your iPhone, if you just hold down, like do the 3D push on the Chrome itself, push down real hard on it, it'll say just like scan QR code just like straight out the gate. I don't know if you can see that. but It has a built-in... like. I downloaded one for free just from the iTunes store. I just uh, went to the iTunes store and just put in QR scanner. I don't know what the name of this is. The name of the app is QR Reader, and it works good. It was free. It was rated four and a half stars out of five. (laughs) So you know it's good shit. You know it's good shit. Yeah. So that's cool, man. I'm glad that's working out. Like, I'm glad that that's... It, it. I mean, everything was there. Like you can, you recorded it. It got thrown on YouTube. It's a hidden YouTube, so nobody can find it. And then they they can only get to it with a link. And then the link got put on a QR code. Simple enough. And there's tons of free yep. QR code generators out there. So the, this QR you. reader app that I have can also make QR codes with it. Yeah. So, it's just a sneaky way of sending links that people don't have to scan or that people don't have to type in. It's the future, man. You're always thinking outside the box. So, so that's it. That's my hobby progress. I worked on my missions, um, painted those salamander guys, and oh, I read the the game. There's a new miniatures game that I'm gonna try out called Dark Age. I read the rule book for that. 
and before we were recording, I was sleeving the unit cards. I sleeve them because I like to keep my shit nice. <laughs> I don't like to look. I don't like my shit looking like trash. So that's cool. I've never even heard of that game. What's about? Uh, it's just another like post-apocalyptic sci-fi game that's basically in the same scale as Warhammer. It's like like War Machine, Warhammer type scale. And uh, you know how like 40k was originally based on the artwork of uh, Blanche. Yeah, there's an artist Brom. You ever heard of Brom? B R O M. He does a lot of art for Magic cards. He's got like a real unique art style that's real dark. Yeah. They basically base their entire unit. Yeah. So he's like their version of John Blanche. They base all their models and sculpts and art on his stuff. Hmm. Cool Mini or not owns the game now, but the miniatures for it are really, really awesome. Like extremely nice. Like every bit as good as anything that anybody else makes. Have to check it out. I'm going to have to go look at it now. I like Brahms art. A lot of his, like, because I play a lot of black decks whenever I played Magic. Yep. And yep. back in the day, man, his was, like, the scariest shit. It was all I super think he colorful. did a card called uh, Light- Lightning Angel that's, like, a red, a blue, and a black card. It's, like, a multicolored card. I believe that's his art, and I always like that. And I think he did one called Avatar, one of the Avatar cards, like Avatar of Woe or something. I think he did that art, too. But I'm not, I don't remember. But I remember liking his art a lot in Magic, like you said. I have to see. I have to see which ones are his. I, I like his art's like very but the, fine though. Like, yeah. The other appeal of this game is you only need like five or six models to play. The game you're supposed to play five hundred points, and most models are about seventy five points a model. Hmm. So low model count, but yep. That's tight. About five models. That seems. That's kind of man. I'm so kind of an army right now, man. I've been really interested in that Armageddon box set. Not so much the uh, the game, like not so much the scouts or the orcs, but the actual rules itself. I was kind of interested in picking that up. I was looking through the units you could take, and I like the idea of level progression and all that jazz. And since it's only, you know, five or six models that you have to paint up, like, that's that's a real plus to it, you know? Yeah. Well, like, we, we were talking about this before the show. I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I, like, much, much, much prefer Gorka Morka to Necromunda, and this is more Necromunda than Gorka Morka. So, like, if I'm going to play a game like this, I have all my Necromunda books, and Nec- or, sorry, I have the books to both games, but... If I'm going to play a game like that that's made by Games Workshop that's in that vein, I would just rather play Gorka Morka. I think it's just a way, like a much, a much more fun version of a game like that. It's way more fun, at least in my I opinion. Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, I think local support for this game coming out. Like as much as I would like to try and get like a bunch of dudes to play Necromunda. I think uh, I think there's like a lot of Games Workshop support at one of our local shops for Armageddon, so I'm probably gonna end up building like five Tau. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not shitting on it. Like you said, like 
trying to get somebody to play Gorka Morka is going to be nearly impossible <laughs> at this point. So yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying for me personally, I have a game club and we already have all this Gorka Morka shit and all that stuff. Like where I have an established game club, so I could just tell guys, well, let's just play Gorka Morka instead, and they would. So, like. <laughs> But yeah, if yeah. you're going to gonna... a Games Workshop store, going going to like a neutral place, like you're not running your own club, then yeah, I mean, Armageddon's the new thing. But what I'm saying is I just, they redid this game, and I understand why they picked this over the Gorka Morka setting, but I'm just saying like, without it, like if you're just going to play a system, like say this wasn't a thing, like there was no like, this just came out, released, and all that. Like, it was just pick between this, this, or this. I'm going to pick Gorka Morka all day long, after uh, having played all of the games. Right. I get what you're saying. I, I, I definitely I definitely hear what you're saying, where you're at. But I think, yeah, that's... Like, you're going... You're building up this, like, Dark Age stuff. I'm pretty sure, like, as a side project, I'm going to build up some Pathfinders. Or I'll take my old Astro Militarum, those Elysians, and pull them in to, to play Astro Militarum, like spec you ops. You don't want to play Tau. You don't want to play Tau in Armageddon. Why is that? Uh, their initiative is shitty, and like we talked about the hiding thing, like that. You only find someone that's hiding if you get within double the range of your initiative. So you have to get four inches from them to fucking find them. It's terrible. <laughs> then I'll probably go Astro Militarum because I already have the monster Astro Militarum. Hor- and you're horrible in assault. So like, even if like, it's not like 40k is now. Like the assault phase looks works totally different. Like you, you either win or you lose, and the margin of victory is how many times you get punched in the face. And Tau guys are at a huge disadvantage. So even just like. If a space marine touches you, you might as well not even roll any dice. Just pick your guy up, you're dead. So you got so the problem <laughs> is you got that on top be. of you can't ever dig anybody out of hiding. So my buddy actually when we tried Armageddon now, or he tried Armageddon out, he said the because he has Tau, so he tried like five or six of the factions. And he said the only thing in the entire Tau faction that was worth a fuck was the drone. That he took one of the drones because it has a burst cannon on it and it's got higher initiative and it moves fast. So he was like flying around with this fucking drone with a burst cannon on it, just murdering the entire other kill team with this drone. That sounds fucking. He said awesome. pretty much every what all the other fi- story. He said all the other stuff. He says all the other stuff is pretty much useless. So he said just take the fucking scout drone or whatever that finds hidden guys really easy and just kill everybody with that. Like that the actual Tau <laughs> guys suck. Just the drones. Could you imagine in real life how terrifying that would be? Just a little drone flying around with a fucking assault cannon on the bottom of it. A little burst cannon. Well, yeah, we have them. We blow people up with them like every day. We don't have to imagine that. With a with a, an assault cannon? Like a little burst cannon? Like you're thinking of like Predator like flying up like 30,000 feet or whatever. I'm talking like... Well, they have like, like... Hovering. They have drones on the ground that drive around with like fucking saws and uh, 30 caliber machine guns on them. Yeah, that doesn't like that doesn't like have the same like scariness as a floating like hovering drone coming in like that I can't hear and like or even if it was doing like little like that'd still be terrifying like it just 
hovering around just finding you like it could go up it could go low i don't know i think getting shot by a fucking hellfire missile off a fucking predator is scary (laughs) that is that is definitely scary i would live in a constant state of fear if i knew that there was a predator drone (laughs) circling above my head (laughs) but oh but yeah how terrifying fucking just a little drone flying around just with an assault, a little burst cannon. You'd have to be pretty damn accurate to shoot like a little flying like pie plate. I don't know how big they are. I'm guessing like trash can lid sized. I guess it wouldn't be that hard. Now that I think about it, they're they're actually pretty large. Now nah, they're bigger. They're bigger than that, and they're they're fairly thick. Bigger, they're like bigger than a trash can lid. Yeah, like trash, if you look like at a, the Tau like drone slid? model, it's the Tau drone models are like the whole size of the upper torso of a towel guy. So it'd be like human torso sized from the waist up. So like a four foot, four foot, like disc. No, nah, I don't yeah, think I so. it'd probably so. be about. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. It'd be, it's pretty big. The model's pretty decent size. Well, that's not that scary then. I mean, you're going to see it and that's going to be pretty massive. Just, Damn, I guess I never really thought about how large they are. And like how, like, because I was just thinking about it like just now flying between my houses, like the house and the neighbor's house, how scary that would be. But if this is like, this is going to be something that's like pretty fucking large and like, okay. It's a lot yeah. less scary. Thank you for talking sense into me. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk sense into me about these hovering death machines. I did find it funny that if you read the, like the special operative rules in the new Armageddon game, you can t- take a single Harlequin Solitaire as your entire force. It literally states in its rules that the Solitaire, if you take a Solitaire, you get no other models. The Solitaire is your entire kill team. That's badass. And he charges 24 inches. Jesus Christ. Why would and he, he ignores And he ignores like all difficult terrain and shit. So it's going to be like, okay, turn one, I run across the board to assault this guy, and I'm like weapon skill nine with a fucking trillion attacks. And if you know how close combat works in this game, it basically just means remove your fucking guy. He's dead. Like, 100%. You're not winning. Like, even if you roll, like, the highest you can roll, you're dying. So, like, I that would be a fairly tough matchup. Like, a, a single fucking solitaire would kill most kill teams. <laughs> That's fucking cool, man. That's like that's like exactly like fluff wise how it's supposed to go down. Solitaire yep. just shows up and he's like just comes from the fucking shadows. Like he comes from some like weird other area of like square panels that like just start turning. Like he just like walks out of it. Like hello, I'm here to kill you now. And then kills you. And he yep. kills you before he ever said that. So it's like I already stabbed you. You didn't know, but my Harlequin's kiss is inside you. We're talking a lot of 4K. Anyway, so, so yeah, man. Uh, as far as my hobby progress goes, uh, I put together, I put the tracks on the other armored Land Raider, Land Raider armored Proteus, the ones I got from Anvil Industries. Uh, got that all Imperial militia out with just like, I don't know, like bags and stuff like that. The stuff you get on the normal tank sprue and all that jazz. And then that's pretty much all I got. Just working on my my squat stuff. 
I think I'm gonna actually get get the armored Land Raider painted that first one I put together, the Proteus over to the normal Land Raider, but we'll see how far that goes. I don't know if I want to paint it green or actually like paint it to where the uh, I don't know. I don't want to know if I want it to match the armor, and I don't know if I want my squats to each have like individual armor. I think I don't think I'm have enough time that I could invest in them to allow myself to do that, or if I just want to paint them all green. So we'll see. Kind of all over the place with it. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I've been working on. That's it for hobby progress. So. You want to talk about this Houston thing? You want a little bit of chisme for you? Like what happened in Houston? Like do you want to break down the story or do you want me to break down the story for you? Like the the reason why I wanted to share the story is because like this is like the one time where I've ever been like so proud of like the gaming community for like what it did. And so I was like, you know what? Like this is like a really good thing for us to talk about. And it, it sparked some other conversations like in our Patreon chat and all that jazz, which was fucking like, we should have gotten a badass voicemail for you guys, but somebody dropped the ball on here. He knows who we're talking about, but I'm just going to keep going with it. So, anyway, how much do you know about this Houston story? You don't know much, right? So, like, you'll have all the right questions to ask? No. Okay, so perfect. So, anyway, I live in a town called Victoria, Texas, right? It's about two hours south of uh, Houston, Texas, which is a big metropolis, right? Well, we had this guy in town. He had probably about... I don't know, probably like $1,200 to $1,500 worth of towel stolen from his house. Like his house got broken into and ransacked. I guess he got a bunch of stuff stolen, but he also had this towel army stolen. Uh, so immediately he posts online, he's like, you know, hey, just got home, house got broken into. Uh, uh, but I'm pretty sure like the most valuable thing that got stolen was his army bag with all of his towel army and stuff inside of it. So. Uh, he's like, guys, if you see this army or if you see anybody with this army, let me know, blah, blah, blah. So we take that army, we take the, uh, the information on that and we go ahead and we post that onto 40 K Houston just to get, you know, everybody's feelers out there, letting everybody know like, Hey, if you see this army, fucking don't buy it. This was back in like February 6th when that happened. Right. So Nothing, nobody hears about this army, right? Like, nobody, like, follows up. Like, nobody's, like, ever been arrested for this dude breaking into somebody's house. Like, we all told the guy, we're like, dude, you might want to go check dumpsters around your house because I'm pretty sure this dude, like, opened your bag, was like, fucking toys, dump, right? Well, we wouldn't be talking about this if that guy did that. So, anyway. So, back on this past... Thursday, I believe, uh, the guys over at Asgard Games in Houston, uh, they send a message to the Warhammer 40K Houston page, and it's this guy, Lance, and he says straight up, hey guys, is this the Tau army that went missing like a fucking, like two months ago? Like, is this that, is this the Tau army? And so they tagged that guy, Ryan, in there. Ryan's like, that's my fucking army. Like, holy shit. He's like, there's a guy in here right now trying to sell this army. And so immediately, man, like, everybody's like, I mean, they're so invested in this, like, Facebook group page. Like, I mean, it is the entire support of the community is just like, 
leave him there, hold him there, like pretend you're gonna buy it, blah 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 blah. So like they're pretending to buy this army. They're like pretending to like hang out, like just like holding the hold this guy there because the owner of the army just called the cops. The cops are on their way to come, like you know, put the smack down on this dude or whatever. So that's exactly like how it goes down. They tell him like, hey, we're gonna buy this army, you know, like hey, just like hang out for a little bit. I don't know if they said like. I'm going to go to an ATM real quick and pull some money out. You wait here. Da, 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 da. The freaking, like, for one, the thread was hilarious because, like, there's people posting, like, Archer up. And they're like, Rampage! Like, and everybody's like, live stream this shit. And, like, dude, I really wanted to see the live stream on that, but we never got it. We never got the live stream. But anyway, so it would, I mean, everybody on there is just talking shit about this dude. Like, it's just, like, full, like, there was, like, memes where it said like Warhammer 40k Houston and then it said like the little blue upgrade button and then it said CSI at the bottom <laughs> like you know like it's like everybody was like <laughs> digging into this dude's like profile it was so fucking funny and turns out they held the guy there long enough to where the police got there arrested him did everything they had to do and the guys over at Asgard were able to I guess like hold on to the army instead of like letting it get like taken to evidence and all that shit and never coming back. So the guy, Ryan got to just go pick up his army. He got it back in his hands, like a fairy tale story, like got to get his shit back because one guy in the Warhammer 40 K community decided not to like take advantage of like a really good deal on some army models, like on some, some towel models, you know, how sweet is that? What a good community, man. Good. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to Asgard Games in Houston, man. Uh I was just like I had to and I had to tell that story. I so I was actually we were talking about that like as it was going on. We were talking about it in the uh the Patreon chat and uh uh Dan, one of our Patreon supporters, was actually telling us that he had a really great story about a time his army got stolen. And it involves some dude beating off on stuff he steals. So, uh, obviously, we had more questions. And we're like, no, no, don't tell us. Dan, please call in, because this is the story I'm more interested in. There's more. Exactly. I have way more questions about this story. Than- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that one. Like, Dan's had, like, no closure. Versus, like, this one had closure. It was, like, simple. Guy steals an army. Guy tries to sell the army. Cops come. Bust that dude. Boom, boom, wang, bang, boom, guy goes to prison, whatever. Dan's army has so much more, like, this is a call out from us. Like, tell us, like, call in and tell, like, he was supposed to, like, call in and say what happened. And, unfortunately, you know, we're left wanting in this episode. Nothing. Do what? Or email us. By the way, I was looking at our Facebook. That's the wrong movie. You posted the wrong movie. The Eagle is not the correct movie. Even that, like everything you said. In that movie. Oh. Well, I don't know what movie you were talking about. Then. The movie, the movie I'm talking about is Centurion. It's called Centurion. Oh. I just looked it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. The movie you is not that bad. <laughs> I so there's two movies where they fight in a creek at the end. She doesn't fight. That's why I kept a, trying to tell you, like that you were like she's fighting in the creek at the end. I'm like, no, she doesn't. She fights at 
because there's several fight scenes in the movie I'm talking about that she fights in because she's like the main bad guy in the movie. But there's a scene where she like captures these like male guys in this creek and like executes them or fights them or whatever. And it's near the beginning, middle of the movie. Like it's not at the end. They fight at, at the end of the movie. They're fight at a fort. And I think that's where she dies or whatever. And I don't give a fuck if I'm spoiled in the movie. It's a sh- stupid fucking movie. But, um, yeah, there's that's, that movie is a horrible... That's the worst instance of a movie from what I was talking about. It's called Centurion. Okay. Well, by all means, uh, you can find the battle scenes from Centurion as well online. So, <laughs> Battle at the Fort. Is that the one you're talking about? The Battle at the Fort? Well, there's that one. That's the last one. The one that I'm talking about that was the worst in that movie was where she fights the general guy one-on-one in the camp. Like, you could, like, fights with prisoner, fights with general, whatever. I don't know if you can see this picture. I think it's this one. Yeah, it's this one. See this picture? That's the chick. Look at her fucking Kermit the Frog pipe cleaner arms. And then the guy behind her, the muscular dude that's on his knees, that's who she fucking beat in a fight. Look at them arms. Look. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll post up the like right if, scene. If I, was eating, if I was eating chicken wings and this chick got in the way, like I would just think it was another wing and fucking eat her arm. Like. <laughs> just mess her up. <laughs> Poor girl. She got cast. So bad. Anyway. So, yeah. So, Dan, this is a shout-out, man. Please send us in that story. I know you've sent us in stories before, but we definitely got to hear about that stolen army story that you got to tell us about. But speaking of call-ins, I got voicemails. Sure. All right. Let's roll right into some voicemails. Okay. So, Ryan, I now need to ask, what would happen if there was a Willow Fifty Shades of Grey crossover? Oh, please. <laughs> please let... Didn't, didn't Tim have, like, a huge crush on, uh... I don't know. Like, one is good, then one sucks. So, I guess if you mix them they would be mediocre right doesn't doesn't tim have a crush on the wife the chick chick that played sorcia like if you go back to that time val kilmer and the girl that played sorcia is hot so i could get down with that you wouldn't want to see it nowadays (laughs) i like how you okay (laughs) you're like val kilmer i'm game for val kilmer oh and that sorcia chick (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it'd be some so weird will, willow bondage, man. Yeah, that'd be odd. Um, you could have. Uh, we can't go here. This oh, will get bad okay. in a hurry. Take your time. Think about what you're gonna say. <laughs> I can't. No. Yeah, I can't. No. I have ideas. 
I, my my mind is too demented to go into this topic without, <laughs> with, like, it would become NC seventeen. Let's just put it that way. Ryan Ryan's about to go on his Reddit under his uh, his secret profile as a ghostwriter, like Willow XXX, and go type up a fanfic. So if you see one pop up on the internet, <laughs> it was it was <laughs> not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll all we'll all know we'll all know it was you ryan i don't know you could it could get really creepy because it's a fantasy setting so you got brownies <laughs> which are little bitty tiny people that would fit in things which is weird Jesus in Christ. and of itself Calm like down. a whole being did our last episode <laughs> didn't we talk who was it? Like, who was it that brought? Like, didn't we talk about how Fifty Shades of Grey was like a fanfic? It, yeah, it's just a, a chick wrote Twilight fan fiction. But yeah, the okay, lady so we talked about that Twilight last episode. Mormon. Yeah. So, you so you me? could write a Willow that, fanfic. I figured you'd be a guy that would fact check me. No, I'll never fact check you. Uh, but you, uh, yeah, like you could write a Willow fanfic, and who knows, dude? Who knows? You could be making Fifty Shades of Grey money. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't be Willow then because she had to change all the names and change, like, change the setting because it couldn't. That's why it's not distinguishable as just being Fifty Shades of Grey, or not. That's why Fifty Shades of Grey isn't in its current form distinguishable of being Twilight because she had to change the setting and the names of the characters because the uh, person who wrote Twilight threatened legal action. Okay, so what you should do is go ahead and type up the rough draft of the Willow Fifty Shades of Dark, Fifty Shades of Grey crossover, and then I'll edit it down okay. so you can't tell it's Willow. And then we'll just go from there. We'll see what happens. Okay. Like Willow will be like All a right. working man, and like Val Kilmer will be like his we boss. Rat, rat dog bestiality. Well, the rat dog will be garbage men. Like it'll it'll all work out. Garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll have to I'll have to do some, some manipulating, but but I think I can get all everything in there. We'll be all right. We'll get it done. Get that rough draft on the way. Some crazy bestiality because the one chick changes diff- different animals throughout the show. <laughs> we'll make it work. Don't you worry. We'll make it work. We're gonna you're gonna be a millionaire. Just you wait, and then we'll give you like a like a code name, like a secret name, so nobody will ever know it was you. But we'll know. We'll all know. So anyway, on to the next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Stefan, listening to your latest, uh, well, Stefan from Colorado, great seeing uh, Ryan at Adepticon, I uh, wanted to call about the latest episode, hopefully that wasn't my Thousand Sons Army that the guy was calling in about, in the team tournament on Sunday, there was one game where my Thousand Sons actually did something more than just mediocre, and that was in shutting down the uh, casting, specifically the summoning of the word bearers. 
And I will say, I don't. I could see where someone who's not used to running into anyone who can actually deny psychic powers would be a disturbing discovery. Uh, but that was the one thing I could think of. Again, hopefully that wasn't uh, our game. I had a great time overall. And uh, also, yes, it is Raptora, which is why I really like putting Raptora on Breachers. I know Ryan has an aversion to them, but a 5-plus in at range, 4-plus in hand-to-hand, and then putting an Apothecary on them just made those Breachers in every game that I took. You know, they couldn't do much offensively, but they were very effective uh, from a defense perspective. Anyway, uh, good luck to you guys, and uh, hope to run into you all again sometime soon. Bye. <laughs> it was not him. It was, it was 100% not him. Also, um, we've joked about this at our game club, that that's how you know for a fact that Thousand Sons are cheesy, because they make Breachers good. <laughs> anything good man they'll make assault marine just saying good. i mean just saying like i mean you can and you can do the same thing with assault marines and combat shields so yep all these uh thousand sons aren't cheesy deniers online um riddle me that it makes breachers good. <laughs> riddle me that <laughs> oh man that would suck though like <laughs> you just go in with your like usually pretty decent word bearers all summoning list and like thousand sun player goes, nah dog. Why were they playing each other? Man. I think he probably uh, didn't get to I use think his Stefan cool was loyalist thousand sons. I think he was loyalist thousand oh, sons. Oh the old curveball. Dang. Yep. But no, it was a hundred percent I wonder it was a hundred percent not him. Stefan, did did he use the uh, the special dreadnought against you? Did that really fuck you up? I want to know. I want to know if anybody's done that yet. What is it? The what's that? I thought he had a dreadnought in his army. What what are you talking about? The word bearer dreadnought or the thousand suns psychic? Dreadnought? Yeah the 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 word the word bearer's dreadnought. That's the Miragal dread. Yeah, the morale gal dread against Thousand Suns. Oh, yeah, that thing. I want to see if anybody's done that That thing's brutal. That thing's brutal against Thousand Suns. Especially if you play with someone that um, isn't a rules lawyer and lets you put it in a dread claw. Well, well, that was Adepticon. Adepticon let you do that. Adepticon let you put it in the drop pot. That's why I was like, you know, the possibility you might see that. I play my word bearers. I was wondering if anybody was Stefan go, would not have enjoyed that. Hold on, I want to read this rule out so all the people who don't know people can feel. So the reason why we're talking about the Maragal dread, Maharagal, is because it is accursed. It is an accursed dreadnought. So all models with the demon and or psychic special rule and members of units which are subject to blessing type psychic powers who are within six inches of the Marogar at the end of the Marogarl's controlling player's turn, each suffer an automatic strength five AP two ignores cover hit. This occurs regardless of such factors as line of sight cover, whether or not the victim can be seen or targeted or which side the model belongs to. So you drop that in the middle of some segment and it's or, model. It's not unit. I mean, it's, it's a model. It's a model for model, so it's yeah. like 
you could basically just move that guy an inch away from a unit and just every model in the unit takes a strength five AP two hit that ignores cover. And he just runs in there, bear hugs them and holds onto them. And every turn they're just, ah, ah, yeah, that's, what's really funny is if you assault, because then it sucks them all in, they can't get away. Yeah. And then they're stuck there with you. Stuck there with your Marl Gall with his accursedness, and they're taking minus two to their fear checks, and just uh, it's pretty brutal, brutal and brutal and drop pod. Be careful, you yeah. loyalist thousand sons. They're normally there. on the same. They're normally on the same team, though. Yeah. Wait, could Alpha Legion? Okay, yeah, I guess they could, but still, they'd still be on the same team. Alpha Legion can't steal it because it doesn't have Legion of Sturdies. Oh, bummer town. Okay. Well, anyway, that's it for those two emails I have. So, yeah, no, it was not your Thousand Sons. But good on you. Good on you for calling in. Trying to, trying to, you know, sell your side of the story. I get it. I feel it. So, anyway... So I guess let's move on to some emails, man. Got some emails in from some peoples. Let me go ahead and move the Centurion movie tab out of my way. So, first email comes from Spade. He says, follow up email about Thousand Sons at Adepticon. Okay. So this is what we were just talking about. So, Michael and Ryan, thanks for reading my email and expressing my experience playing... Wait, are we supposed to read this? Hold on, let me make sure. Yes. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. If both of you are comfortable and with having me on for an episode, I would love to have that opportunity. I've been a listener since episode 10. It would be a dream come true to sit down and have a talk with you guys. Also, if you could direct me down the correct path to get in contact with the Eye of Horse podcast, that would be great help. Uh, and I'm sorry, I missed, I did not fully read the first part. Michael and Ryan, thanks for reading my email and expressing my experience playing against Thousand Sons. Uh, thanks for all your time and all that you guys do for this community. Uh, so Tim listens to our episode. So, uh, Tim, I'll shoot you. I'll actually just go ahead and forward. Well, they got a Facebook. Right to all you gotta do is go to the Eye of Horrors Facebook page. Just go to the Eye of Horrors Facebook page and send them a message. They'll respond. Nah, dog. I'm forwarding this they, whole message over and to them right now. It's done. Okay. Well, that too. Um, <laughs> I don't. Here's the thing. Like, I don't. Like, we don't really need to talk. Like, I don't want to call anyone out. Like, that's not the thing. Like, I know the guy that he's talking about, and the dude's not a bad guy or didn't try to do whatever. I mean, you just sometimes you have unfun games. It's just the army. You know what I mean? It's just a matchup thing. Like, the guy wasn't being super malicious about it. He had other games and I know that other people that played him didn't have that experience. So, I mean, it, it happens and I'm not disagreeing with him that thousand sons can be overboard if used in a certain way. Um, but yeah, I mean, he can come on and talk about Depticon and stuff, but I don't want to focus on just that one thing and make somebody feel like shit that, it's not really their fault. Like he didn't like write the rules and I saw his army. It wasn't like it was built to, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. No. Yeah, I get you. It kind of makes me think of like, uh, like the book. I don't know if it was thousand sun or if it was the book, uh, 
I think it was Thousand Sons, and where they're talking about like basically they're around like normies, and they don't want to show their powers off, so they like kind of like restrict their powers and like restrict themselves. I feel like that's kind of like the entire 30k community right now that plays Thousand Sons. It's like, yeah, I could whoop your like I could go full ham on you, but I'm not going to because you're a normie, and like it's it's almost like holds like super true to the fluff. Like you you like gotta hold yourself back when you play thousand suns like yeah i could unleash my full fucking power on you but i'm not going to because i respect the game and i respect you know the only drawback i see to this are the delusional fucks i still continue to see on facebook that are like see i've not won a game with them or i've not this and that like they put forth all this anecdotal evidence because you know they're not just going around crushing everyone but it doesn't doesn't mean anything like it doesn't change the facts on paper like it doesn't like you know what i mean like if someone takes magnus and purposely takes like all telekinesis because they're trying to go easy on you you, yeah. yeah then you don't can't then use that as evidence that they're not broken if that makes any sense yeah and also these people that are like, well, I've not won a game with my Thousand Sons yet. Well, then you wouldn't have won a game with any Space Marine Army because they're <laughs> identical to all other Space Marine Armies other than they just get psychic power added at everything. So I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's not like they have any drawbacks where they can't take, like, things other legions can't take. You can literally build... 99.9 like any list on this show that doesn't have a legion specific right of war you can build with thousand suns and just add psychic powers to it for a very minuscule amount of points which clearly makes it better so i don't understand this argument like that well i've not won any games with them so they're not any good well i don't have to tell you sir if you're playing iron hands you wouldn't have won those games or whatever <laughs> insert <Definitely>. legion <laughs> You're right, man. I have a hundred percent. Like I, I get it a hundred percent. Not only do you get the same lead, the same unit that everybody else gets, but then also on top of that, you have what five different choices to buff them up even better. And then on top of that, all of the psychic powers you could buff them up with, like not even right. That's my thing. Yeah, like I think that they have arguably the best legion, just legion Astartes rule, because you literally get to go through your list and handpick an extra ability to match what you want that, that unit to do to enhance that unit. It's kind of like how Alpha Legion gets to do it with mutable tactics, except you get to do it for each unit in your army as opposed to picking one blanket one that may work good for some units in your army but not for others. Like if you take Tank yeah. Hunter for Alpha Legion and you have fucking tactical marines in your army, they obviously don't really benefit from that. But with Thousand Sons, you don't have that problem. You're like, oh, these heavy weapons guys, they're going to get a reroll ones when they shoot. Oh, these bikes, they're going to go from one hammer of wrath to two hammer of wrath. Oh, these breachers, yeah, well, their invul say is going to go up. Like, you get all of it. And then on top of that, like, your veterans and terminators, which are already the, probably the two best legion of, generic Legion of Starnes units, just get levels of psychic power, Brotherhood of Psychers, with no restrictions on what school they can take for 25 points. So just don't be fucking delusional about it. Just give it up. Like, people aren't abusing it, and people are willing to let you play it. Like, nobody... Like, it is what it is. Like, if you're not a dick about it, nobody's going to care. 
it's pretty much died down. Like people aren't really whining about it, but it's still like the only people still talking about it are the delusional people that still want to bring it up every week that they're not cheesy, which is funny to me because it's like you having to make a post every week about how they're not cheesy proves to me that you're just literally trying to convince yourself. Like, otherwise you wouldn't need to make a post about it every week. That's all I'm saying. It's really ridiculous. I'm not prepared to to defend Blood Angels when Book 8 comes out. I'm not. If it's broken, I'm not going to defend it. <laughs> like, like, your headphones are too loud. We're getting the echo. Yeah. Okay. I'm not right. going to stop playing. So we got another. I'm not going to stop playing my army. Like, I'm still going to play. I mean, I've been playing Blood Angels forever. So if the rules come out and they're broken, it is what it is. Like, I'm just, I'm probably still going to play. I'm not going to purposely abuse the broken stuff like i'm not going to build an army of like oh this is the unit that's broken and i can take it as troops so i'm just going to spam out this unit i wouldn't do that but if like say sanguinary guard comes out and they're extremely powerful um i'm probably still going to run one unit of sanguinary guard because i want to run them and it is what it is yeah i get that but i'm not going to get on facebook and go sanguinary guard aren't broken if they clearly are just because i want to run them I get where you're coming from. So it's uh all right. We'll back off a thousand sun talk. But I get it. Still coming up yep. now. Yeah. So anyway, we got another email. It comes from Sid. He says So while it's not perfectly optimized, the Zone Mortalis is so perfectly fluffy based on the 2,500-point list, I could not take it like this, and I had to share it with y'all. Whether you use it on the podcast or not is up to you. I really want it only sending it to you for your own enjoyment. So I took the modified Pride of the Legion list Ryan and I discussed in the chat. Due to the Primarch's chosen was legal, dropped the term from Morlocks, and judging a few points to add to Centurion... I'm using him as a senior member of the Morlocks, Sergeant Carl Zerl, a sergeant that has been around for so long, everyone looks up to him and takes orders from him as readily as Santor and Ferris. Here's what my original... Hang on, hang on, hang on. And Morlocks... Stop, stop, stop. Okay. Okay, I'm stopped. What's up? Okay, so what happened was one of the lists I did last week was actually illegal. The list for Will... Um, Will Frank's Iron Hand list that was 2,500 points. So what had happened was he originally had it Pride of the Legion, and I switched it to Primarch's Chosen, which basically kind of allows you to do pretty much the same thing. The reason I had switched is because the Pride of the Legion drawback makes you have more Legion Astartes units than non-Legion Astartes, and because he's wanting to take a Primarch and mount everything in a drop pod and do all this other stuff, it was impossible to do that. So I thought by switching it to Primarch's Chosen, I could get around that particular drawback. Well, I didn't notice um, because I was I had so many lists to do. I did like 13 lists last week, and I just missed it. That Primarch's Chosen has essentially the same drawback spelled out slightly different. So it, it still has the same thing where you have to have um, more Legion Astartes units than non-Legion Astartes. So basically it wasn't legal for the same reasons as why I switched it. 
So what we did is we took that list from last week and changed it back from Primarch Chosen back to Pride of the Legion. And there was a big Terminator unit in that list, and we just dropped it down to come up with some points. And then with those extra points, bought another generic Centurion HQ in Terminator armor, which made it have the proper ratio of Legion Astartes units to non-Legion Astartes to make the list legal. So we just basically had to move some war gear around and add another guy in. And also, this was the list that we talked about what war gear Gabriel Santar or Santor had. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. And um, he does have lightning claws. Okay. So, anyway. So that's what Will's talking about. So you can go ahead and carry on. I just wanted people to know and also point out, like, if you listen to last episode and you want to build that list, it was illegal. But all we did, like I said, was change it from Primarch Chosen to Pride of the Legion, move Ferris Manus from HQ to Lord of War, and then made the larger Terminator squad smaller, and with those extra points, bought a Centurion in Terminator armor to replace the Terminators that we took out, but as another unit to make the ratio right, to make it legal. So it wasn't a big change, but it is legal now. Sounds good. All right, so go ahead. Okay, so the last thing he said was, here's my original, and the Morlocks are off with Ferris' idea for Zone Mortalis comes into its own. And he says, after the initial breach into the enemy vessel, beating back resistance that could be quickly mustered from such a surprising lightning assault, Ferris turned to Sergeant Alaskander Kovac of the Breachers. Sergeant Kovac, I will make for the bridge along with my Morlocks. I leave the task of disabling the ship's engines to you. Squad Delta Daedalus will stand ready for your call to teleport in where the fighting is thickest. I know you will make me proud. Alexander Kovac stood proud in the honor of the Gorgon who was pla- was placing on him. His massive fist thumped onto his chest in the ancient salute of the Brotherhood. I will not fail you, my lord. So I dropped all the drop pods. You know pods what you didn't fair- do? What did I do? You didn't do it in a voice like the audiobooks. You were supposed to do a Ferris Manus voice. And if you look at Ferris Manus's picture... In the black books, he talks like a drunken Scotsman. You can just tell by the picture. So you need to do a drunken Scotsman's voice whenever you read anything in Ferris Manus's voice. He says, uh, I know you'll make me proud. <laughs> That's like the closest. <laughs> that doesn't sound drunk enough, but we can move on. I was just saying. Like, every I time know I you'll make me Ferris proud. Manus, like... <laughs> Sergeant Kovac, I'll make for the like I can't like I keep I devolve into Arnold Schwarzenegger like I can't I yeah. can't do it. So if you look at that picture, he's got the big like swollen like alcohol nose where you've just fucking been a drunk your whole life like in that picture like you could just imagine <laughs> it's the big red alky nose and he talks like a drunken Scotsman. It's so funny. Sorry, I've interrupted you enough. Go ahead. <laughs> where does the Scotsman come in? Like he has a Scottish accent. Like what is that? I don't know. This is what he looks like. When I looked at the Ferris Manus picture, I just thought that he just looked like a drunken Scotsman. <laughs> I'll leave the deck, the task of this. I can't, dude. I can't even try. I keep, I keep going straight to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It doesn't work. I can't do it. I can't do Scottish accent. I keep trying to think of Willie. This is Willie. Like I, oh, I can't. I can't. Like it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody that I let down. I can't. Do a Scotsman <laughs> accent. 
Anyway, so he says, so I dropped all the drop pods, Ferris, and the Morlocks from the list, leaving me a second unit of Terminators, the Breachers, and both units of Veterans. The Delegatus represents the Breacher Sergeant being elevated to command, his stat line to improved by his sheer resolve to prove himself worthy of the honor. And it's kitted out exactly the same way as a Breacher Sergeant in the 2500 playlist. <sighs> made me Michael. do that scotch accent made me yawn with the addition of the melts of bombs because he, I had straight points five straight points later on the new breacher sergeant being elevated from within the ranks is kitted out as a base breacher and the squad is given a vox I wanted to give the vet squad two vet squads voxes as well but it would have meant dropping one of the melts and frankly the story just seemed to shout out shout at me so hard I was willing to take a hit and flexibility to maintain the narrative element the only oddity is, where the hell did this extra breach marine randomly show up from? Because I can't reduce them below a 10-man unit. Otherwise, it's perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, sounds good. I like that he really thought it out. And he, after we told him on the last show about the war gear maybe being wrong, he really went back and researched to make sure he was getting it right on the war gear for Santor and all that. So... It's cool that he really is taking the time to flesh his list out and get the story right and name all his guys and all that. It's really neat. It's what 30K is about. That is what 30K is about, man. Going in, finding a book, building that exact army you see in the book or building an army based off of it, giving some badass background story. It's legit, man. Good job, Will. Or Sid. Whatever you want us to call you. I just, it's two different. It's two different names. <laughs> one in the email, one in real life. I don't know what I'm supposed to call you, so you'll get both. So those are the two emails we had come in. Are you ready to move on to some lists, or do you want to talk some more about this Iron Hand Army? No, I'm ready to move on to the list. We got Will straightened out. He's happy with the list. He liked it a lot. And like I said, we just had to do some minor changes to it to make it um be legal because I fucked it up. Sorry about that. But we did get it straightened out. <laughs> I love it. So, anyway, on to the first list, guys. This comes from Doug. This is a 2,500-point Ravenwing list. Doug says, hey there, you southern wargaming hillbillies. Ooh, Ryan, you're southern now. My name is Doug, and I'm a big fan of the show. Even the parts where you guys ramble on about shit and food and pets and puppy murder, <laughs> love all of it. Don't you beautiful bastards <laughs> ever stop. <laughs> Long-time listener from Portland, Oregon. Oh, he's from Portland, so I guess we're all south to him. The 30K scene has really taken off out here in the last year, and we're all, we are standing starting to get a lot of events out here in the Northwest. Just signed up for my first, my first at the end of July. I would have had to attach the link in case you wanted to plug it. We will... I've been playing That's the Dark one we Angel. just talked about on Facebook. Oh, perfect. We'll plug it at the end of this. Uh, at the end of this list, actually, I'll throw it. I'll throw it at the end. <sighs> Quit yawning. It messed me up, dude. I have been playing Dark Angels Iron Wing for a while now, but I really think I think I really want to bring in something unique that most people never see with units. Not a lot of people see. So this leads me to my 2,500-point Ravenwing list I have chalked up. I would really appreciate it if you could review it for me and let me know any change you would make. Sky is the limit. Wow. I didn't... I'm glad I saw this email. Let's see what he did. Because, like, as soon as you said it was Ravenwing, I was like, well, that's easy. That's an easy list. 
but he's actually going for stuff people haven't seen. Let's see what he has. So first things first, he has a Praetor with Artificer Armor, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and on a Legion Scimitar jet bike with Heavy Bolter, Molecular Acid Shells, Paragon Blade, Rad Grenades, and a Thunder Hammer. This, okay, I, f- I feel like I've seen this list before. Then in his Elite... Well, my, I, want, I want to discuss this loadout real quick. If you want to stick... The, I understand the principle, obviously, of giving the guy two specialist weapons. Thunder yes. Hammer, Paragon Blade. Because it's like, I got two special weapons, I get the bonus attack, plus I have this hammer if I encounter a Dreadnought or a vehicle or want to double a guy out. And I have this Paragon Blade if I want to kill a whole squad of guys or fight somebody in a challenge, whatever. Get that. The problem is you're riding a bike. So how are you riding, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is people who have a dude on bike with no fucking hands on the handlebar with fucking giant pole arms or whatever. Like, Blowing in the wind, that's ridiculous. So don't model him like that. So if you want to do this loadout, um, what I personally would do is maybe make like a one-handed weapon that is like a polar, maybe like an uh like one of those like halberds with a fucking like sword pike thing on the end or whatever, kind of like the Swiss guard have hammer on the end or take a yeah, like do like a pole hammer with like a sword blade sticking out of the top as well. So it's like a hammer <laughs> and a sword, like combine it into one weapon where it's only in one fucking hand and just explain to people what you did and say, I didn't want to be the guy that modeled my guy with a fucking hammer in one hand and sword in the other riding a jet bike at 300 miles an hour because that's fucking dumb and cartoonish. So uh, I put three seconds of thought into it and combined it into one weapon to make it look fucking cool. Or... Or he could get that watcher model, cut the helmet out, put a hammer there, and have him riding on the back of the bike holding the hammer, and like put a paragon blade in one hand, and he's riding his bike, and then if he needs to, he's just like, "Hey, watcher, hammer," and then like he's like, "Here you go, sir," and he just like switches out. That'd be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of the pole arm hammer monstrosity of a weapon you just described as well. Okay, so anyway, so after his Legion Praetor riding uh, no hands on his jet bike, he has a Legion Terminator squad. Uh, he's going to have two of them with chain fist. He's going to have five Terminators all together. Two have chain fist. One has plasma blaster. There's two power fists in the unit. Uh, and then they are loaded up in an Anvilus pattern Dreadclaw drop pod. Uh and the sergeant has a ride. He's loaded out with ride grenades, grenade harness, and a power fist. Then in his troop choice, he's got a Legion jet bike Sky Hunter squadron with molecular acid shells, and he's going to have three Space Marine Sky Hunters. So he's going to be three man strong, or is it four man with a sergeant? I can't really tell the three. way the list is written. So it's just three dudes all together, one of them it's a sergeant. Enough. Okay, so three dudes strong, one's a sergeant, they have Volkite Culvert, the Sky Slayer Sart is rocking his bolt pistol and a power fist with rad grenades, and so he actually took that unit two times. Oh no, he took a Colobonite Warblade on the second unit of that, so he's got one squadron rocking a power fist, one squad squad working rocking a Colobonite Warblade. 
Then he took a Legion Outrider squad. It's going to be six-man strong. Uh, they have melted bombs. The sergeant has rad grenades and a bolt pistol. He's, and it looks like there's a power axe in the unit a pow- and two power swords in the unit. Uh, then it looks like we're going to go into fast attack. He took a Legion attack bike squadron, uh, five of them, all with heavy bolters with molecular acid shells. Now, that's a unit I haven't really seen too much of, except for coming from you, Ryan. So that's pretty neat. Then he took a Legion Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron. He upgraded them from Heavy Bolter to Multimelta, kept the Twin Link Cyclone Missile Launcher, and took just took two of those guys in one squadron. Then he took a normal as Legion Lance Speeder Squadron, not the Javelin, upgraded five he took five of them, and they all have Graviton guns and Multimeltas. So that is a big unit of fucking Lance speeders and his heavy support choice. He took a Legion Fire Raptor gunship with four wing mounted Hellstrike missiles, two turret mounted Reaper auto cannon batteries, and that's going to be it. No upgrades. Uh, under his Lord of War choice, he took two Crusade Fleet Crusade Fleet Avenger Strike Fighters with Battle Servitor Control and two Kraken Penetrator heavy missiles each. So. Hope that's not too tricky to read. The idea is that it's a really fast-moving force that tries to cover all bases. I imagine Ravenwing Protocol Force being sent in to sweep, scout, and harry units while also calling in heavier, harder-hitting units to support them like terms and flyers. I kitted out the Praetor with the blade and the hammer because for the extra attack and versatility against vehicles, but also because a dude riding around on a jet bike polo malleting people's heads off would be awesome. God damn it, that's such a cool image. Anyway, let me see what you guys think and get the time and keep up the awesome work, boys. Thanks, Doug. And then he sent me the event link, which I will share later on. So, Ryan, what did you change inside this list? Okay. So the only gripe I had about this list was I didn't really feel like the Terminators fit it. They don't. They don't at all. Like it's like they're. I I understand like why. I you mean, would I want get what them. he's saying. Like the. Because in the current, in modern 40K, the way Ravenwing and Deathwing work is Ravenwing goes out, scouts, finds the Fallen or whatever they're looking for, and then places uh, teleport transponders down and then calls in the Deathwing to catch them. Right. So that's kind of how Ravenwing, Deathwing work in 40K. So I get it. I guess that may be what he's going for. But when I looked at his list, if you look at it, it's all land speeders flyers, jet bikes, bikes, all that stuff. So it's stuff that can kill stuff while moving and just keep moving, where the Terminators are like, the Dreadclaw comes down, they get out, stomp around being really slow, and then after they kill something, they have to load back in up in the pod to go anywhere and do anything, where the guys on the bikes just like keep going. And they're that, like miles so, miles away by the time they finally yeah, yeah, get yeah. done. So yeah. I just... Personally, when I looked at this, the very first thing I thought of when I read through this list was I'm getting rid of those Terminators and putting something else in their place. Would you um, the other the other thing I'm not a huge fan of Praetors on jet bikes unless it's something you kind of have to do. Like if you take the all jet bike ride of war, you're forced to put him on a jet bike, or if the only types of bikes you have in your army are jet bikes, it makes sense to put him on a jet bike then because he matches if that right. like if if 
if I don't have outriders and I don't have attack bikes in my army, but I do have jet bikes of either variety and I want to put my Praetor on a bike, I'll go ahead and put him on a jet bike just because he's most likely going to be attached to that unit anyway. And I don't want a normal bike in a unit of jet bikes because it looks goofy. Right. That being said, if you he already has outriders in his army and he already has attack bikes in his army. So when you buy a jet bike, a lot of the points you're spending, a lot of the 45 points you're spending for that jet bike is because it increases your armor save to a 2+. plus. But a Praetor already comes with Artificer armor. So you're losing that benefit. Okay. Like you're paying points for something you're not using. Right. Um, and then also because a Praetor is like the hardest hitting generic close combat unit in the Legion list, you're going to want that guy a close and assaulting things, which we've went over this before. That's not what jet bikes do. You want your jet bikes to sit back their maximum shooting range to keep them alive and keep them out of combat. So they get to shoot every turn. So if you put a Praetor in with this unit of jet bikes, you're then not using the jet bikes for their full potential so that you can use your Praetor to your full potential, or you're keeping it all back and shooting, and then you're not using any of the close combat element of that Praetor. So you're basically not getting the most out of one or the other units. Right. So what I did was just take his exact same Praetor, but took him off of the jet bike and put him on a normal bike. So you can then attach him to the Outriders, which are an assault unit. They want to assault, so it makes sense to put the two, the assault Praetor in with the unit that wants to assault and get close anyway. Yeah. Or you can do the same thing and put it in the attack bikes. The attack bikes, once again, are kind of where they don't really want to get super close, but they kind of do because you get to shoot both weapons on the attack bike. You get to shoot the combi bolter and the heavy bolter. Heavy bolter. So t- you have to get within... Well, yeah, you have to get within 12 inches to get their full shooting. So you're already close where you can assault with the Praetor. But I personally would put the Praetor with the Outrider squad. Plus the Outriders get a scout, so they're going to start on the board, then get to redeploy 12 inches, so you're going to start super close, and then you just survive for a turn, and then you're going to 100% be assaulting the next turn with those bikes. Yeah. And because they're assault, assault unit... Every time you get get them shot at, you're going to want to jink. So, it because you're going to be getting close to assault the guys, which is going to draw more fire, then you're going to be encouraged to jink. And if your jet bikes are something that are built around being able to shoot, you're now jinking, so now you're only hit on sixes. Where your outriders are like, oh no, I don't get to shoot my combi bolters, or I only hit on sixes with my combi bolters that are like, who gives a shit? They're an assault unit right. anyway. So, yeah. That's I'm just throwing that out there as to why I made the changes that I made. So getting into the actual list. So I have a Praetor taking Ride of War, Ravenwing Protocol. He's got a Thunder Hammer, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Rad Grenades, and a normal Space Marine bike. Um, and once again, I would model that thing as into one weapon and just say that it's two weapons. Um, for troops... Um, I have a six man sky hunter jet bike squad. Um, all six of them just kept their heavy bolter and I upgraded them to the molecular acid rounds. So just all six of them have heavy bolter with molecular acid rounds. Um, and then the Sergeant has a standard power weapon, which I personally would make an ax. Um, if you're going to make it anything other than an ax, just make it the Calibanite Warblade, which is the same points as a power weapon. But I think the power ax is better. 
Um, so he has a power a power axe, melt bombs, rad grenades. And then for the second troop's choice, I took that same unit again. And the reason I went with six bikes over three, jet bikes are cheaper on the back end. I think you pay like uh, 135 or whatever you pay for them. The, the initial points cost for them is more expensive than when you buy them individually on the back end. So I don't like when people buy like just the bare minimum because they get, you know what I'm saying? Like you get more bikes. Yeah. Michael's dozing off on me. He's literally falling asleep in front of my <laughs> eyes. You know, I'm you're not. being live streamed on Facebook. I'm not falling asleep. Um, so anyway, that and, and dark angel bikes, I don't think should ever upgrade to the Volkite Colvin. You're paying 10 points for that. That's you could just, just keep your free heavy bolter and for five points upgrade to molecular acid rounds, which makes it, in my opinion, already vastly better than the Volkite Colvarin. So I would just stick to the heavy bolters. I wouldn't upgrade any of them. I'd just keep them all with the acid rounds. So anyway, as troops, he's got two six-man jet bike squads instead of two three-mans. Um, for the third troop's choice, um, I took his outrider squad from six to seven. Uh, so it's a seven-man outrider squad. Um, two of the guys in the unit have power weapons. Um, once again, I would make those axes. Um, the sergeant also has a power weapon. Once again, I'd make that an axe. Um, and then I gave melt bombs to the entire unit. And this personally is where I would put the Praetor at, like we talked about. Um, for fast attack, I took the same five attack bikes that he has. So it's five attack bikes, all with heavy bolters, all upgraded to molecular acid shells. But I gave the entire unit melt bombs. So all of them have melt bombs. Um, for the second fast attack slot, I took his land speeder squadron. That's all. That's five land speeders. Um, all of them have panel mounted multi melta and graviton gun. So I kept that identical. Um, for the third fast attack slot, I took his javelin speeders that he has, but I just made it three strong instead of two. So it's three javelins, all of which have panel mounted multi melta and twin link cyclone missile launcher. Um, for heavy support, I took his fire raptor. So it's the the same as in his list. Uh, it's got the hell strikes and the Auto cannon battery. And then for his Lord of War slot, I kept it identical as well. So it's still the suborbital strike wing with the uh, two Avengers that have dual Krakens and Battle Servitor. So basically, what I did is I dropped the Terminators out of the list and with those points um, made both the jet bike squads bigger and changed the war gear around a little bit to be what I consider to be more in line with, you know, just more efficient with what they they're doing um made the outrider squad one bigger um and then added in the third javelin so that's really pretty much what i did his list was solid from the get-go i just wasn't a fan of the terminators and um i feel like switching the praetor over to a normal bike and putting him with the outriders will get the most out of both your jet bikes and your outriders and your praetor instead of like muddying the waters by you know putting two things together that are shouldn't be together don't go together yeah i made them peanut butter and jelly instead of like peanut butter and caviar spread or something i don't know trying to think of something (laughs) what's that australian mix they have oh vegemite vegemite the one instead of and that doesn't go with anything yeah 
So, no, I get it, man. So, basically, I mean, it's not a whole lot of changes. So, I do really like that you took the time to explain why you popped the Praetor off the jet bike. That, that like, when you, when you break it down, it does make a ton of sense that, you know, basically you're wasting points on his built-in artificer armor, so you don't need the jet bike. And then if you're going to put him in a jet bike unit, yeah, no, it makes a whole bunch of sense, yeah. And then throw them in some outriders. So Makes this more sense that way. Back to my bike essay. It goes back to my bike essay that I did a long time ago about why they, why they're, what the difference between outrider bikes and jet bikes are. They have totally different uses. What you should do with them, how to play them. People drive me nuts when they take jet bikes and they get them like really close. Like I just don't know why. Like you should always be pre-measuring. Use your pre-measurement, and your jet bike should always be at the end of that fucking tape measure as far back as they can fucking get from whatever they're shooting at. Always. That's the very first thing you should do with your jet bikes, is move them away from the enemy till they're... Get them... That's the sweet spot. They shoot 36 inches, you want them 30 inches away. That's where you want them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's... Uh, it, it always... it. I always think, like... I, think, I always think it's crazy whenever people, you know, load out, like, a like a jet bike unit and like just immediately jam them into combat or, or, you know, something, you know, load them out with like night haunts or something, you know, it's just, I get it. I get what you're saying. So, um, the other thing I did want to point out just cause dark angels. So the dark angel special rule, one of the things they get is if they're equipped with a sword weapon, they basically, uh, hit on one easier and close combat, I think, or get a plus one to their weapon skill or something like that. So they'll basically hit other Marines on threes if they have a sword weapon. Well, Outriders, Jet Bikes, and Attack Bikes all come with your choice of either close combat weapon or chain sword. So you always tell your opponent or mark it on your army list or whatever that they have a chain sword. Because then you get the benefit to their Legion rule. Hmm. Okay. So it's it doesn't cost anything. It just literally says in their war gear that you can equip them. They come equipped with chainsword or combat blade. So you always take the chainsword. Like you always declare these are chainswords because it says any sword weapon in a dark angel army, uh, any dark angel equipped with a sword weapon gets this benefit. So why you would not say they have a chainsword, I don't know. But you should always declare that so that you get the benefit. What a smart public service announcement. All you Dark Angel players out there, take that to heart. Well, they should know. Hopefully they know already, but... All right. So good list, man. Dig it. Uh, Next up on the list is a 2,500-point Mechanicum Tagmata list. Actually, it's not even. I mean, is it really a talk about list? I just didn't. One well, didn't choose an ordo, so I guess it just is. And it just is, yeah. Just the base. So this comes from Berman. Berman says, "Hey, RFI guys. Well, that's an that's a new one. Uh, how's it going? Just following up on the episode a couple weeks back, as I figured you guys would be quite busy between Stiff Adepticon and getting caught up on the list apocalypse. My list was the Mechanicum list with the Secutari during the Stiff episode. I'll attach it again at the end." During the episode, you talked about how his list was fine. You could actually be beefed up a bit. I was wondering, how would you go about doing that? At 2,500 points, what with needing to get the required two compulsory troop choices before the Secutari, I wasn't sure the best way to go about fixing up the list. 
At 3,000, the Warhound becomes legal as Lord of War and unlocks the Sekitari, making the list much easier to do. Do you find that the 3,000 points, Warhounds aren't really aren't cheese as long as they don't have double D weapons? Have you found that most people are okay with that? Maybe I'm just overestimating Warhounds. <laughs> I guess my overall question is, how would you make Mechanicum a list at 2,500 points to try and fit Sekitarian? Thanks, Berman. P.S. Just to confirm, knights don't count as titans for the purpose of Sagittari, right? Despite being called knight titans. So no, they don't. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not titans. So, so these questions, real quick. No, warhounds are not cheesy. I don't think they're cheesy. Um, they don't have like armored ceramite or anything. I think you hit them on fives in close combat. They're not. You know what I mean? They're just like any other super heavy. They're only nine hole points with two flare shields. Uh, a Meltavet team and a drop pod will end one of their days extremely quick. Chain Fist Terminators will as well. Like you don't have to deal with them really you don't need anything special that you wouldn't already have to deal with other things, you know, to kill a Warhound. So no, I don't think they're cheesy. The two D weapon thing, it's just kinda like because games workshop it's sort of crazy to me that that's not, doesn't cost any extra points. It's just like buy a Warhound and put any arms you want on it. Like they're all the same. Well, no, sir. They're not a fucking Vulcan <laughs> mega bolter is not as good as two shot D weapon. Like, I don't care what planet you're from or that stupid flamer thing. Here's my flamer template. That's not even torrent. That's like strength seven or whatever. Like, no, that is not as good as a two shot D weapon. I don't like <laughs> the so Asheron. Basically, the Asheron does that. <laughs> Better, like, yeah, uh, yeah, better because of, it's just, I don't know, it's, yes. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. So basically what I'm, what the my complaint about the double D weapon is, when you see someone that has a Warhound and they've thrown the double D weapon on it, they've obviously just, like, it's the clear, I'm trying to power game choice, kind of, if that makes any sense, like, I don't have to pay points for this, so I'm just trying to cram as many D shots on here as I, you know, can or whatever. It's it's just like when you think about it, like every Warhound should be that loadout if you're just looking at it from a math hammer perspective. So yeah. it's like one of those units that when you see that on the tabletop, it's like, oh, that guy, that guy uh, is looking at it from that. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't really think of it that way, but it, it, it's. I think most people do though when they see that. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, if you see a double D warhound, then you know what kind of player is fielding that warhound. You know what that warhound's purpose is. You know, like how they thought about when they hired. That's not a fluffy warhound. They didn't, you know, like you don't just see like a yeah. double turbo laser warhound like. Like they'd probably like well, spread and it's not, out, and maybe they are a fluff player. Maybe they just you know threw that in. Maybe that's just the arms. Like I don't know. All I'm saying is that's how other people are going to think of it when they see it. Like oh, <laughs> I see you. I see you for free. Put the extra D weapon on here. So I personally like the loadout that I would go with it. Like is I would because you're already paying 750 points and D is actually good. I I would run one of those, and then I. I would probably run like the plasma gun because the plasma kills, you know, basic dudes because it shoots multiple times or terminators or whatever. And it's still pretty good against like medium to light armor. And it's and, different. Yeah. It gives you some variety. It's like, I get to shoot th this weapon and 
the D weapon or whatever. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's not great, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally wouldn't judge somebody for running the double, the double D thing, but I do know that that thought crosses people's heads. Like there's, they're, they're judging you in their little like clipboard in their mind. They're, they're making ticks. They're all like, Oh, double D warhound tick. If that makes any sense. Whack. Got it. <laughs> this is going to yeah. be a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, but no, I don't, I don't think it's bad. And if you play 3000 points and you want to run secretary, I 100% would put a warhound in the army and run all secretary. Like I think, that's the best way to run a secretary army it's the fluffiest way yeah absolutely so those are all of his questions you got those all answered yeah yep other than his list so how'd you do it did you build a list to try and squeeze in secretary without a titan or yeah i put i put as many well you can't put a warhound in at 2500 because he wants a 2500 point list right so did you want to read his old list or you want me just to go into what i wrote oh do you want me oh yeah i can definitely go over his old list so the previous list was a magos dominus with a bant machinery array keeping the last pistol and taking a power axe under troops he took two 15-man tech thralls with last locks and the ride of pure thought riding in triaros then he took two 15-man, 14-plus alpha, Sekitari Peltast with kinetic camera shot rounds, riding in a Triaros. Then he took two Castlax with Mauler bolt cannons, bolters, and enhanced targeting arrays. Then another two-man squad with Castlax with dark fire cannons, bolters, and enhanced targeting arrays. And then under his heavy support choice, he took a Thanatar Siege model with enhanced targeting arrays and Paragon of Metal. And under Lord of War, he took a Knight Atropos with Ocular Medics. Augmentics. So what did you do? So here's what I did. I got rid of like all the Mechanicum stuff and just went Secutarii and a fucking knight. Basically. Oh, like I took, I kept his thralls. I kept his thralls because you have to take, like he said, and if you don't have a Titan, you have to take something. So I figured just take tech thralls and you could even like model them up as just like Lame secretary. You could use the secretary. Yeah. Like you could use the secretary bodies and then just like give them um, different guns or whatever and just say they're like a different type or even just like use them as the tech thralls, but just say that they're tech thralls like built to work, uh, you know, with the secretary or whatever. Like I just felt like that was the choice, like a, a very generic choice that you could take with them that is the, you could perceive it as being the most fluffy choice i guess so not that the atropos is bad but because like you're wanting something as close to a titan as possible i swapped it out for a poor fire on oh wow because if you look at a poor fire on it's like this it's like the size of a warhound and it's got shooting or whatever and you can sit it back and then the secretary i can sit and protect it and it's just like a big cool model yeah. and to me it's the closest thing to to a titan so it makes Without more sense for this yeah. them to be, yeah. It makes more sense for those guys to be running around trying to protect that. So, anyway, here's the list I came up with for HQ. I took a Secutariari uh, Axiarch, which, if I'm not mistaken, I got it right here. 
I'm just making sure this is legal. But I don't see any reason that you have to take a Magos as an HQ and a Mechanicum army now that this guy's out. Like, I don't think this guy has, like, the support officer rule or anything. And he's an HQ choice. So I don't know why you couldn't just take this guy as your sole HQ and not take a Magos. No, I don't think it's necessary, especially not if you're taking if you're not taking anything that requires a. Uh, um, There's nothing the, in the Mechanicum Army list that says the army must be led by a Magos, is there? Not that I know of, but I could be wrong. We could somebody could be okay. tapping up an email right now to correct us. But right, not, not well, we're going to pretend that there's not because I didn't see anything like right off the top of whatever. So anyway, and nothing, nothing. So for his HQ choice, to, yeah, if you're taking all right, the... so I don't think you need one. So yeah, so for HQ, I have a Secretary Axiarch with a Power Fist and an Arc Pistol. So that's your HQ. For troops, I took a 20 man Tech Thrall unit with Carapace Armor and Ride of Pure Thought that makes them fearless, and I bought them a dedicated Triaros. Armored conveyor. And then for the second troops choice that's compulsory, I took the exact same unit. So another 20 tech thralls, carapace armor, right of pure thought, trios armor conveyor. So right there's your three things that you have to take to unlock Secretariat. So now you can take as many Secretariat as you want. So for the next choice, I took 10 Secretariat hoplites. Those are the guys with the shields and the spears. Um, I gave the uh, Hoplite Alpha, and Omni Specs, and an Augury Scanner. Um, for the fourth Troops Choice, I took 15 Secretarii Peltas, um, and then upgraded them all to Kinetic Hammer Shot. The Peltast Alpha has an Omni Specs and Augury Scanner, and those guys are in a dedicated Triaros. For the... Uh, Fifth and final troops choice, I took that exact same unit again. So another 15 with kinetic hammer shot, Omnispecs, Augury Scanner on the Alpha, and a Triaros dedicated. For elites, I took a five-model uh, five, uh, a five model, uh, Tech Priest Auxilla unit. This is basically purely for fluff reasons. Remember when we had Freddy on and he was talking about taking a little Tech Priest unit or whatever where it's like a self-contained force where like those guys would be like the Titan to work on the Titan or repair the Titan crew. Yep. Type yep. thing. Yep. So that's what this is. So it's uh, a single, uh, the tech priest is upgraded to the Magos Auxilla, which is like the higher version of the tech priest. And then all four of the, uh, the little uh, servitor guys that it comes with have all been upgraded to servo arms, which makes your battlesmith roll ridiculous. And, so that's a little cheap 105-point unit that's basically just for fluff, but you know you can actually park them back next to the Titan or Knight that's in your army and work on it. So it, it will become it will actually be useful. Um, and those guys bought a dedicated Triaros, so they're also in a Triaros. For heavy support, I took a Macroid Explorator, which is like the Mechanicum Land Raider. And it has Sponson mounted irradiation engines, dozer blade, armored ceramite, and flare shield. And then I kept the uh, bolt cannon on top. The 10 hoplites that I didn't buy a ride for go in the Macroid uh, Explorator. And then for Lord of War, I took a single uh, Acastus Knight Porphyron and upgraded the uh, auto cannons in the chest to Laz cannons. And then the missile pod, you can upgrade it to the 
the Helios air defense missiles for free. So I did to give the list some anti-air. Hmm. So the idea is it's got the Macroid Explorer with the 10 hoplites in it. Then it's got two squads of 15 Peltas and Triaros, the Tech Priest unit in a Triaros, two units of Tech Thralls also in Triaros, and then the HQ that you can stick in either of the Peltast units. Um, or stand him out on his own. Because he doesn't have independent characters, so it depends on whether you believe and can get your opponent to believe that he's supposed to have that or not. If he doesn't, he's just standing around outside with his thumb in his ass in between the legs of the poor fire on watching the action go down, I guess. Um, Ready to get shot at. <laughs> but... Right. So you can imagine like you would park your poor fire on way back on the back of the board because it shoots really far and drops all the strength 10 blast. And then you put your uh, tech priest auxilia unit next to it to put hull points back on it as they fall off, which is kind of cool and fluffy. Then if anything gets close to assault it, you can screen them with the little tech priest unit. And then all those servo arms count as power fists. So they're not really a pushover in assault. And then um, you use the Peltast for anti-infantry and anti light, medium vehicle, dreadnoughts, things like that. And then the Secretary Hoplites all have all that haywire, and they're in that land raider that's pretty tough that you could drive forward and maybe get out and haywire you know, their Spartan or whatever and kill it. And then you use the Thralls just as like big tar pit, fearless tar pit units to keep things back while you hammer it to death with your Peltast and your uh, um, Night Poor Fire on. Makes sense. Sounds good. Only thing I'd worry about and then would be obviously, like a Sakaran Venator or a, a Valdor might ruin your day. But other than that, I think you're going to be all right. Uh, you just drive up, you just haywire it to death with your fucking hoplite guys. Yeah. That's one way to take care of it. Or shoot it with your fucking fire on and just blow it up. But if you don't get um, first turn... <laughs> you, then now, you put your... You put your profile on in reserve and then walk on from reserve and kill it. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. I feel like this is a very fluffy force. I don't think that it's like super offensive. Only one of the units has the haywire in it, the uh, hoplite. So you just got that. And then you got the poor fire on and that as your heavy anti-tank. And then for most people that run like armored breakthrough, like when you see a lot of armor on the board, Probably 75% of that is shit that you can kill with the kinetic hammer shot um, or the Mauler bolt cannons or ramming it with your Triaros or whatever. So this list doesn't have like a super huge amount of really heavy ranged anti-tank, but it's got enough to kill like, you know, your odd Spartan or your land raider or whatever. Or super heavy. Yeah. And then a bunch to kill medium vehicles and infantry. So... But I don't think anybody's going to flip out. It's not like you're running, you know, shit fun- tons of arc rifles and Vulture X and the really offensive stuff that people seem to not like playing against. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, I wouldn't mind playing against this on this list. I mean, the, the Haywire would fuck my world up, but I mean, it still seems like a fun list to play against. And then it would look cool as shit on the field because you got... A bunch yeah, of little I, I also like that do. it's one. Yeah, one, two. I think it's five triaros, which is pretty badass. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five triaros and a macroid explorer and a knight, and then just a bunch of infantry crammed in it. It's pretty fucking cool. Just pain trains, dude. Just 
mm-hmm. <laughs> just rolling over, whatever. Like trying to clear the clear the re- clear the road for the fucking uh, for the uh, the nice. porphyron walking through. So I think this is extremely fluffy while being competitive, but not like anger-inducing competitive. <laughs> not people pick up their shit before they ever play you competitive. And then if you go to three thousand, just drop the porphyron, and you can Sub drop the porphyron. And the uh, tech priest guys, and throw the warhound in, and keep the list pretty much the same. Oh, actually, if you did that, you wouldn't have to take the tech thralls. So you could just um, make one of the tech thrall units in a triaros um, into more hoplites or something, and then just drop the other one entirely, and then use those points. Um, plus the uh, points you would get from dropping the poor fire on to throw the warhound in or whatever. You can make it work. Be easy. Just swap some things around. I dig it. Sounds like he did exactly what he wanted and answered his questions in the process. I would love to see that army. <laughs> now all you gotta do is go buy out buy five triaros and a poor fire on. So you'll be alright. Yep. So Hey he didn't what did he say? Is this one that said the sky's the limit, or maybe? What did he say? Uh, I don't think. Nowhere, oh, he says, originally was planning on having, what did he say? In terms of what I have, originally was was planning on, I have no issue with buying completely different stuff. Okay, boom. Good luck. He has no (laughs) issue. (laughs) (laughs) I Honestly, if you were to take the the hoplite, Porphyron list versus a Cybernetica list, I would much rather, a cool factor, I'd rather see a Hoplite army over a Cybernetica list. Just because nobody else is doing it. So. All right. Cool beans, man. So there's that guy. Next up on the list is a good old-fashioned Blood Angels list. 2,500-point Blood Angel Day Revelation list coming in from Zach. Zach says, Hey, guys. Thank you for taking the time to read over my mail. Shout-out to Mark Henry for pulling me into 30K and referring me to your podcast, RFI. Oh, thank you. That's our podcast. Uh, A little background on myself. Started 40K about three years ago with Dark Angels. Skipped around through half a dozen chapters before selling all my Marines and becoming that guy. Currently, my main armies are Eldar and Tau. Whack trigger. Nice, dude. Uh, <laughs> before you judge too harshly, please check out some of my hobby pictures, which I have included early work and some progression. Let me click at these. I'll judge them as I'm looking. On the air. So, nice some Dark Angels. Some nice Imperial Fist. Oh, yeah. You're quality painter. Got some Tau. Got some Eldar. Got a Tyranid uh, Big Bug list. And then my Eden project. So he's going to show us how good he is at painting yellow. Oh, yeah, he's really good at painting yellow. Oh, he's really good at painting in general. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, he's really good at painting. Showing off now. Okay, moving on to 30K. I've always really enjoyed jump infantry, so my first horse heresy army is Blood Angels. I hit the ground running and am making good progress on the following models in my collection. Assume all infantry have jump packs. 
two librarians, Praetor, 30 Mark IV Marines, six have axes, three Marine vets, currently unbuilt, so options, uh, two Lightning Strike Fighters, fresh-looking Nephilim, and a Spartan. Attaches my current 2,000-point list and a concept for 2,500 points. I would be It would be awesome to get some feedback and any advice on how to expand my forces within theme. What is the theme? All the assault marines are being converted with angel wing jump packs. I am anxiously awaiting what unique units get released for the army, but I imagine my force being a spearhead to a hand, to be a hand-picked elite by Sanguis himself, both fast and aggressive. I really love flyer models, and you, and you said it perfectly last episode. They bring a great dynamic to the look and feel of an army. I also quite fancy psychers, and as such, would like to keep librarians where possible. As for Rod of War, not really sure what the best option, and I realize my current model selection prevents me from running Day of Revelation for now. Uh, anyway, enough rambling on. Thank you guys for so much of the hard work you put in. Zach, P.S. I sent this list the wrong email a bit like, a bit ago like a dumbass. Ooh, I wonder what email he sent it to. And I wonder what they said. Did they respond so back? His current model collection preventing him from running Day of Revelation. All he needs is a fast attack choice and two squads of assault marines and characters with jump packs, and he has all that. I think everything has to be able to deep strike, doesn't it? Isn't that a thing? Because he has a Spartan. I don't think. Well, I took the Spartan out of his list, but um, I don't think so. I don't think Day of Revelations has that drawback. We can find out. We can find out. Okay, so coming to the host, jump infantry squads, which are part of this attachment, must arrive via deep strike. Uh, limitation: compulsory HQ and troop choices for this attachment must be made up of units equipped with jump packs. Detachment using this rider of war must take compulsory fast attack choice as part of their force, which must also have either flyer or deep strike special rule. Primary detachment using this rider of war may not take any fortification, sentry guns, or lord of war other than flyers or the primarch sanguinius. So no, he could have a Spartan. Yeah, that's why. Like I he. I don't know. Maybe he's talking about the other one, the Day of Sorrows, because he put Day of Retribution, which isn't a thing. <laughs> I just assumed that he meant Day of Revelation. Same here. But why would you take the Day of Sorrows? Day of Retribution is when you put your fucking Dark Angels in with your Blood Angels and try to run Day of Revelation, but they fuck it up because they're not trained to do it properly, and it becomes the Day of Retribution. That's exactly what happens. Nope. It doesn't restrict anything in the Day of Sorrows either. Oh, well. So, yeah. No, your model count so did I don't, not... I don't really know what he's talking about. I was confused by that segment of his email, but whatever. I don't think it's it okay. matters to the context. Yeah. We'll be all right. So, his list that he took, a 2,000 point was a Praetor with Jump Pack, Digital Lasers, Melted Bomb, Iron Halo, Blade of Perdition. Of course. And then he took two Librarians. Both have Jump Packs. Both have... M2, whatever that is. Force Axe, Refractor. Mastery Level 2. Mastery Level 2. Boom. Good job. Uh, then he has three Assault Squads. Uh, the Veteran has Artificer Armor, Combat Shields, Power Axe, and Melted Bombs all on the thing. All on each of them. And then Option 2 is Power Fist on each of them. Uh, then there's Fast Attack Choice. He has two Lightning Strike Fighters with Tank Hunter, Strafing Run, three Missile Launchers. Three Twin Missile Launchers. Oh, interesting. You didn't go with Kraken. Does he not know? Oh, well. He'll figure it out. Uh, then under his heavy support choice, he took a... 
Spartan with whole mounted assault cannon. Yep. And armored ceramite. No, you may be wondering why yep. 11 Marines. Turns out I'm just dumb and can't use Battle Scribe. After I figured that out, I decided to keep them in as I'm unsure what else to use the points for anyway. I'm also thinking about using Day of Sorrows as my ride of war here. Uh, oh, Day of Sorrows. Okay. I realize that the drawback is harsh, but I think it gives some thematic bonuses. Thoughts? And then at 2,500 points, expansion concept, cut and paste below. Uh, under elites, he's looking at adding a 10-man Tataros Terminator squad with a combination of Power Fist, Chain Fist, two Assault Cannons, and then possibly in this heavy support choice using two Assault Cannons, basically two Ball Predators. Note here, I was thinking of Dave Re- Retribution as the right, I guess Dave Revelation. Uh, Preds and Spartan with Tataros on the table, yep. three HQs and squad drops and target. I don't own any of these models yet, so options are open. I was going for some efforts, escorts for the Spartan with the Predators. Feel free to poke fun if I made a fool of myself. I haven't played a game of 30K yet, so I don't have much firsthand experience. Thanks again. Okay. No fun will be poked here. All right. Except the Spartan. Get rid of that fucking thing. Where are you taking a Spartan and not putting any guys in it? It's like the classic 30K in model, day of man. It's like everybody wants to take a Spartan at some point. But no, there's, Good. it has no that business. There's, so there's lots of people out there to unload it onto. So and then you can use that money to buy more Blood Angel stuff. <laughs> Boom! That's some Meathead Iron Warrior stuff. Go find a Meathead Iron Warrior player that's eating paint <laughs> chips in the corner and sell them your Spartan. Um. So okay, so this is what I did. So it's a Praetor with Day of Revelation Ride of War. Blade of Perdition, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Jump Pack. So basically, I think it's the same thing he had. Um, for the second HQ choice, because he said he really likes Librarians, wants to keep him in, we have a Level 2 Librarian, Artificer Armor, Force Axe, Melt Bombs, Refractor Field, Jump Pack. And then for the third and final HQ, exactly the same Librarian. So I think that's exactly what he had in his list, except I added Melt Bombs to them. I don't think he had Melt Bombs on them. Um, for his troops, he had three 11-man assault squads. I bumped them up to 15, so it's three 15-man assault squads. Um, the sergeants in each squad have artificer armor, power weapon, melt bombs, combat shield, and then three of the 15 or three of the 14 normal guys in the squad have power weapons, and that's times three. So three 15-man assault squads, four power weapons in each, um, including the sergeant. Um, artificer armor on every sergeant, melted bombs on every sergeant, combat shield on every sergeant. For elites, I took three apothecaries with uh, power swords on all of them and jump pack on all of them. And obviously one apothecary, uh, one of each of the apothecaries will go in each of the assault squads to keep them alive and keep your scoring units big and healthy. Um, for the second elite choice, I took a 10-man uh Tartarus Terminator squad. Five of them have lightning claws. Four of them have chain fist. The sergeant has a power fist. And then two of them have assault cannons. And the rest of them just kept their combi bolter. Um, And for fast attack, I just have a single lightning. And that lightning, I have two Kraken penetrator, two sets of Kraken penetrators, so four Krakens total. Um, Battle server control. And ground tracking auguries. And then for heavy support, I have a Charybdis Assault Claw for the turn, ter- 
for the ten Terminators to go with. Oh wow! Okay. In two. So basically, what's going to happen turn one is you're going to drop in with two librarians, a Praetor, and forty five assault marines, and three apothecaries attached. So all that's coming in turn one automatically. Then your Charybdis is coming in automatically with ten Tartarus Terminators in. And then all you're going to have in reserve all you're going to have in reserve is the lightning, which will then come in turn two, blow the fuck out of something to open it up, and then all your assault marines and your terminators can pounce on it. So the reason, we've talked about this before, but maybe he's not heard it. Uh, The reason I went with some lightning calls, like half the terminators in the terminator squad have lightning calls, is because in this right of war, all your guys get plus one initiative when they charge. Yep. So having five lightning claw guys fight at initiative five, like if you run into any unit that doesn't have a two-plus armor save, you're going to murder the vast majority of them with that before they ever even get a fight. And then if they have a two-plus armor save, you can still you know kill some just through weight of attacks because you're going to be swinging before them, and then with Blood Angels, with a lightning claw, you're wounding on threes with a reroll because they're shred. Because yep. it's strength as user, but you're wound, you get plus one to wound. So you're going to throw a ton of wounds on them. Then even what you don't kill, you're still going to have a sergeant with a power fist and four chain fist guys to play cleanup crew at initiative one. So it's still going to get the job done against you know most things that do have a good armor save. So it's a pretty solid unit. And then um, the Tartarus Terminators just seem fluffy with Blood Angels. with So... And plus, he, it seems like he likes the model because he had him in his list, so that's why I used Tartarus over Cataphracty. Um, and you'll be able to sweep um, with him, which is kind of cool. The Assault Marine squads in this army, I feel like it's important to run... For one, Assault Marines get cheaper on the back end, and they're already kind of a few too many points. So I feel like taking them in a larger squad brings the per-model points cost down, which makes it a little more appealing to actually take them to begin with. And then... Also, because some of them are going to die on the way in because they deal they deal their damage and assault, it's better to start with a large squad so once you get whittled down a little bit, you still have enough to do something when you get there. Um, plus, because they're the primary scoring units in your army, you want them big so as through attrition, by the end of the game, you still have a few left to score objectives. And that's also why you 100% should put apothecaries in all your assault marine squads to keep them alive. Absolutely. So, I don't know of a day of revolution this, list that doesn't run apothecaries. And they're super fluffy anyway. Yeah, plus yeah, it's fluffy for blood angels. So the other thing you could consider doing that I, I, I thought about when I built this list, I just kept him in because he said he liked them. You could drop one librarian, just a single librarian, and replace him with a chaplain in Terminator armor, and then drop a single Terminator out of the nine man squad and put the chaplain with Terminator armor in with the nine Tartarus in the Charybdis to make that unit hit really hard. Or even a Forge Lord. It'd be probably less fluffy, but if you wanted it to really... I think it's hard. less fluffy. Because then you're running yeah. the cla- all the classic Blood Angel shit. The Reclusiarch chaplain, the Librarian, the Praetor, and then you got Apothecaries in as elites. So, yeah. to me, that would be that would be maximum... Fluffy. Maximum fluff would be to drop drop a single librarian for a Terminator chaplain, and then obviously drop one Terminator so he'll fit in the claw, and then that'll actually give you because this list, what's it doing? 
Oh, I picked something. What is going on? It's freaking out right now. My phone is... Anyway. I'll point my cyber thirty at your screen. Oh. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Battlescribe got really mad at me there for a second. All right. So anyway, that's enough about that. But, yeah. This, that's how this list works. I think it's a pretty solid list, and I think I like it. We've done a few similar to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my list is actually pretty close to that as well. Except I don't have a big unit of Tataras Terminators to go sling at people. That's actually a pretty scary concept. Very cool. You don't really need the four up because you'll be in combat immediately, and you'll be swinging first. Yeah, I, I really, I dig it. And it seems super fluffy, too. The only yep. thing that can like really I said, I... I would put, I'd put the chaplain in. Drop one, one of the librarians for the chaplain. Yeah. So the last list on the list is a 2,500-point Imperial Fist list. And so this list is going to be from Austin. Austin says, Hey, guys. Greetings from your backyard in northern Texas. Well, my backyard. Actually, kind of my front yard, if you really think about it. Uh, hey, guys. Greetings from... Okay. First of all, love the podcast. I just realized after hearing the List op- Listpocalypse episode that I'd been sending my emails to the wrong fucking email address. Damn it. I've been trying to reach out to you guys from sometimes uh, for some list help and just say hi. Ryan, I need your help, man. Anyway, hopefully this shit ends up in the right place now. I left you a good review on iTunes. Hope that helps drive more people to your podcast. Yeah, I think it does. I really don't know what it does, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm driving into 30K. I'm diving into 30K since 40K list opponents have become devoid of all fun and variety and have constructed a starting force of Unification Wars era Imperial Fist. From the models I really wanted to make, but I need some help, though getting this list up to 2,000, 2,500 points for normal-sized games, whatever point level that is. Uh, That's 2,500 generally, as we'll see. Uh, I love the visual of gigantic blobs of legionnaires trudging across the battlefield. I don't like rhinos or drop pods in this regard, and would much rather prefer to see tons of bodies firing at Blitzkill 5, Fury of the Legion on foot, and running to objectives. So like Centurion mode. Like I have Horus Centurion mode. Uh, these guys are all in Mark III armor and painted silver yellow to match their Unification Wars color scheme. See attached test model pictured. Badass, dude. I love when people send models to like, test test themes and shit like that. Uh, the theme is that they are a bit late to the party because the early heresy era stuff. So that's why their armor is a bit dated as I add newer units. They'll have more updated appearance from a hobby perspective. This has been lots of fun and coming out great. I also included a pick of the dread because he's awesome too. If I've got to pick up some stuff, no big deal. Really just looking to try and turn what I have started hobby wise into a real list. So here's what he has, and would like to mostly include in a list, a real list if possible. Uh, so he has 20 tactical, he's a 20 man tactical squad times two with Vexilla, Vox, extra close combat weapon, Artificer armor with Power Fist on the sergeant. He has two apothecaries with Artificer armor, Augury scanner, each join the tactical squad. He has a whirlwind Scorpius, pairs well with the Vox in each tactical squad, so I can hide this thing. Uh, then he has Leviathan Dreadnought, Dreadnought Drop Pod, Armor Cerebite. Siege Drill, Cyclonic Belt Alliance. 
this guy is my anti-tank so far. Uh, some things I was wondering. I needed some HQ help. I have Sigismund, and he's awesome, but how to use him best, I'm still not sure. I've been considering using the Hammerfall Strike Force and pairing him with a Chain Fist, Storm Shield, and Tatars Terminators. I think that deep striking these dudes, giving them the teleport transponders, will be some good anti-tank and that I surely need. Plus, with Siggy, they'll probably win combat and run shit down or can hold up a Primark. It would be cool to make these work. Thoughts? Uh, should I add another squad of Tactical Legionnaires, Apothecary, to really press the board control aspect with 60 bolter-wielding bodies? So he wants to know if he should upgrade to 60 bolter dudes. Uh, I have a fell blade for 40k. Is it worth it in 30k? It seems so expensive, I can't even use it in a normal game, right? Should I repaint as my Lord of War for 2,500 point games? Maybe it's too many points? Gotta see, I guess. Need some help here. Uh, other Forge World models that I have and use for 40k that really just need repaint include a Contemptor Mortis Dread with car dual carries. Uh, not a big fan of these dreads because of the, besides the Leviathan though, and a Fire Raptor. Uh, repainting this is gonna suck. How worth is one fly? How worth it is one flyer? Uh, once Dorn comes out, I'll have to get him at least painted. So is a Primark worth fielding over a super heavy as my Lord of War choice? Probably only to get one at two thousand plus points, right? Uh, are any of the rights of war worthwhile? The restrictions don't really make them appealing to me. Thoughts? Also, I don't need to take drop pod right of war to field my dread that way, right? Uh, anyway, I love the podcast. It would be really helpful if you have time. Feel free to bring it up on the show, too. Uh, if so, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Austin. So, Unification Wars, dude. Silver with the yellow arm pads. Very cool. And then that Leviathan Dreadnought looks like he's ready to pounce onto somebody. So, super cool as well there. So, Ryan, what'd you do? How'd you take it to the next Okay, level? well, first off, we, he's got a bunch of questions we need to work, work through. The first okay. question appears to be, um, um, well, for one, he says that he's thinking about taking Storm Shield Tartarus Terminators, which, if he's not, if he's new to the party, that may or may not be legal. That's a, a cake FAQ question that never got answered, and Forge World's never bothered to say whether or not Tartarus Terminators can take Storm Shields. Because but, in the war gear section, they're not list. Yeah, but if it's if you take it like take it with a huge grain of salt, uh, but Alan Bly himself said that no, they're not supposed to. That was like straight from his mouth. So I mean, obviously that's, that that holds no weight without it being in paper. He said, That'd to my powerful. knowledge, he said key things that he's then went back on. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, if it, you know, because none of this holds any weight anyway. But if I were a betting right. man, I'd say that that was one of the things that get FAQ'd, not into Taro's armor's favor. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's cheesy. I think they should be able to take it. I mean, it's super fucking expensive. No, I don't think but it's cheesy at all. Me. I just, I just don't think, like, I wouldn't assemble Tatar's Terminator armor with Storm Shields. Because there's a pretty good possibility that it's not going to be that way any longer. But that's just me. Yeah. So Dude. anyway, um, so he was asking about that, and then he said, uh, so I personally, like Michael said, wouldn't do that. 
Um, I don't like the Hammerfall Strike Force. I don't like the restrictions on it, and I don't really perf- don't really like teleporting units um, into combat. Like, it's fine for like one unit. Like this list I actually wrote for him has a single teleporting unit in it. I don't like when you're like trying to build an army that like half or more of it is trying to teleport because you you can't get them in till a minimum of turn two. It's not like drop pods where they auto arrive turn one. So you end up with this huge amount of your force in reserve, and then what it starts on the table usually gets hammered, and then your shit comes in piecemeal after that, and you're just like feeding small parts to your enemy, like little pieces at a time, and it usually never works out. So I don't really like that right or um, I would not add any more tactical marines. To me, 40 tactical marines are enough. I understand that he doesn't like rhinos or drop pods, but if you don't like those, he needs to go listen to the Ive Horse podcast or get in contact with them and get their Centurion rules and maybe consider trying to talk people into playing some Centurion games with him because we've went over this a million times on this podcast, marching around big blocks of tactical Marines on an open battlefield in 30K just doesn't work. Like, nope, really, the only way it. to make it work is sac- sacrificial offering, which loyalists can't take. So... Your like your option for Imperial Fist is literally just to walk around and get shot by, you know, quad mortars and Scorpus whirlwinds and Medusas and Basilisks and you know Master Signal and all that shit. So everything AP three in the game. Um, you. Yeah. So I would just stick with the forty you got if you like that. I did in your list. We'll get to it on the how you can kind of do it. Um, in the list that I wrote for you, but I wouldn't go overboard with it. I would just take enough to make you happy. If that's like really an idea in your head that you have to do this, you feel compelled to do it, do it to a minimum because doing it more than that is really going to hurt you. Um, the Fellblade, Yes. I think the Fellblade's a good tank. Um, standard games are 2,500 points. So he, you know, you can fit a Fellblade in at 2,500. Um, I would definitely paint it up. Um, so yeah, I think it's worth it. And there's a, a lot of events that say no uh, special characters. Or not a lot, but there's some events that say no special characters. So if you ever go to an event that's like you can't run your Primarch or can't run whatever because you're not allowed to special characters and you want a Lord of War that's not your Primarch, you know, you have a Fellblade already, so just paint it up. All done. Um, the Contemptor Mortis with the dual carries is actually a pretty good Dreadnought. Um, we've talked about it on here. I think it's way overrated as anti-air like people that stick that in their list and think that that this will be my anti-air i think you're fucking up there i don't think it's very good at anti-air because the way that the uh shooting like the the shooting arc on it works and also that you can't move it or you have to like can't move it and have to declare that it's skyfire the turn before which then makes it snap fire ground you know we've went into it before it's just it's too hard to fucking make it work as any air, but it is good at just walking around and killing things with lots of assault cannon shots. Yeah. So, um, the fire Raptor is also like our go-to flyer on the podcast. Like if you want just to throw in one flyer in the list to give you some anti-air, I feel like it's the best one for that. And it's also probably the most versatile of the Marine flyers. Like it's good at killing infantry. It's decent at killing light and medium armor. And it's probably the best anti-flyer flyer in the game. So, yeah, repaint it. Um, Dorn, you can run Dorn in a 2,000-point game. He's, like, cheapest or second cheapest Primark. I think he's 380. 
or 385. I think it him does. and Fulgrim are maybe the side. So, but anyway, he's he's cheap and he's actually pretty good. So yeah, I would definitely get him and uh, you can run him in a 2,000 point game. You just have to play at least 2,000 points. So yeah, I think he's worthwhile. I'd definitely get him. As far as worth fielding over a different super heavy, I mean, that's really up to you. I mean, I personally like Primarchs a lot. Um, I run Vulcan all the time in my Salamanders. I don't have to run him. I run my list without him all the time, but um, I do like them. Michael's going to tell us how many points. 385. What, how many points is he? Yeah, I knew he was cheap. I think Fulgrim's 380. I think he's the second cheapest. Um, so are any of the rights of war worthwhile? Um, yes, I think a lot of the rights of war are worthwhile. Um, unfortunately, I personally don't like the Imperial Fist ones. Um, a lot of people seem to like Stone Gauntlet. I find that it's, it's too restrictive. It makes you take a bunch of really expensive units, and then by the time you take those expensive units and give them the war gear that they have to have to make them worthwhile, you've essentially spent most of the points of your list. So... And then, because you're basically, the requirement is a bunch of guys with bolt guns, you don't really have a lot of versatility to the list, and it lacks offensive punch. Um, so you got some really tough guys that don't really do much on the offensive end. So, hmm. that said, a lot of the generic rights of war are very good. Like, Pride of the Legion is definitely worthwhile. We'd build a lot of lists with that. Um, Orbital Assault is obviously worthwhile. Um you know, there, there's just depends on how you want to build it. For Imperial Fists, if you're just looking at a generic right of war, I would say Pride of the Legion is probably the best choice because, like, marksman vets with fucking Blissey Self 5 Volter, Bolters are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they're very badass. Yeah. So, so anyway, here's what I did with the list. I also want to. I told Michael, like, I cannot let you uh, slide by on this. You uh, talked a bunch of shit about rhinos and drop pods, and you said you wanted hordes of infantry, but then you threw in a leviathan and a drop pod in your army, which is four hundred points that you could spend on not drop pods and not infantry, <laughs> or not drop pods <laughs> and infantry. So I thought that was kind of funny, um, but I kept it because you asked me to. I kept it in the list, although it would. Ideally, if I if I were writing this list that I wrote for you from scratch, it would definitely come out. Um, so what I did is I took Alexis Pollux as your HQ. The reason I took Pollux is because he gives a unit in your army a deep strike, uh, which is good. It kind of gives you what you were talking about with the Hammerfall Strike Force, but you don't have to take a whole right of war. You can just take the one character to give it to you. He's also cheap and good. He's only 165 points. And he's uh, super solid. He's got strength 10, power fist attacks, add initiative. Um, he's, he's got a... He's the most imperial fist thing I can think of. He's got a fucking storm shield. He's got a combi melta. So it's got a bolter, a melta gun, and a power fist, all in one fucking weapon. And he's got a storm shield. He's fucking imperial fist through and through. So I would I definitely get that model. Plus it's a cool model. So I got Alexis Publix as your HQ. For troops, I have your two 20-man tactical squads. The only thing I dropped off of them was the additional close combat weapon. Um, so I, it's a 20-man squad with Novox, Vexilla, and then the sergeants have Artificer Armor Power Fist. Um, no additional close combat weapon, just to save points. So I have two of those as your troops, so your 40 tactical marines. For elites, I have your uh, two apothecaries and one detachment. 
So uh, they both have Artificer Armor and Augury Scanner, and those will each go in your tactical squads to bring them up to 21 men. Um, for the second Elite's Choice, I have 10 uh, Terminators. I went with Cataphracty. Um, five of them have Power Fist. Four of them have Chain Fist. Um, two of them have Assault Cannons. And then I bought the 15-point teleport, teleport Transponder. You don't have to have... a uh, Hammerfall to buy. You can just buy any Imperial Fist Terminators uh, for 15 points. The Transponder. Um, the Sergeant in the squad has a Power Fist. When you add in the Sergeant, it's six Power Fist, four Chain Fist in the unit, and then the two Assault Cannons. Um, so they'll Deep Strike, and then Pollux will give Deep Strike to himself because you can only give one unit in your army Deep Strike, so it'll be him. And then he'll <laughs> go with the then he'll go with the Terminators, and they'll Deep Strike together. Um, for the third elite choice, I took two, uh, quad mortars in a unit and then for the, and upgraded them to have shatter shells on top of their normal rounds. And then for the fourth and final elite choice, I took another two quad mortars and a battery also upgraded to shatter shells for heavy support. I took an artillery tank squadron with two basilisks in it, which I just thought was cool. A lot of people don't run basilisks. The other cool thing about buying the basilisk you can convert the barrel. You can just saw the barrel off and then remagnetize it on, and you can just pull the barrel off to make it a Medusa or a Basilisk. So you get two tanks with in one. You just convert them. Um, the second heavy support choice, I took your Scorpus that you already have, and then your fourth heavy support choice, I took your uh, Leviathan, exactly how you have it kitted out. So Siege Drill, Cyclonic Melt Lance. Um, I put torso mounted Volkites on your, on this one. I don't know if you, yours doesn't say whether it has the flamers or the Volkite. I just put Volkite on there to be safe because they cost points. If not, you're just going to have a few extra points to spend. Um, armored Ceramite and Phosphex Discharger, and it is in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then I took a Aegis Defense Line as a fortification with a quad gun. So you want to run all these infantry on foot. So the only way I found that that works is to build a firebase. So your firebase in this army will be the two units of quad mortars, the two basilisks, the whirlwind, and then the uh, Aegis defense line, kind of like putting it back in the corner, and all that shit can shoot at range and really pound the enemy, which if you can outshoot the enemy and keep hammering them, the only way to get rid of a lot of that stuff is to get close to it and assault it. So basically you put your tactical marines back there with it, to draw them into your tactical marines. So you're not actually marching your tactical marines out across the field trying to attack stuff. You're Bring forcing the you. enemy to come to you firepower so that you can stand still to draw them onto your guns and shoot them. And then when they get within the proper range, you can then not move and unleash your Fury of the Legion attack, which is good. Um, and then the reason for the big deep striking Terminator unit in Pollux is to give you a decent like unit you can drop um, midfield or in your opponent's backfield to kill their backfield units and stuff and score an objective in their deployment zone. And then near the middle of the game, once you've whittled them down or you're whittled down or you're, you're kind of winning or whatever, you can then start advancing with those tactical Marines. Once you've killed all their backfield threats that they've tried to push forward, you can kind of kill them back and then march those two big tactical units out to try to score some like objectives that are closer to your deployment zone, like mid midfield objectives or whatever. 
So that's kind of how this list is supposed to work. So if you want to run the big infantry blobs and you can't, you know, use something sneaky like uh, uh, sacrificial offering or whatever, the only way I've found that it works is to get get them dug in, take that defense line, hide them behind it, um, put them in ruins, whatever, and then have like a really strong fire base, which, you know, a Scorpus, two Basilis, four Quad Mortars is pretty decent. I mean, you're going to be shooting the crap out of people with that and really try to create enough of a pain in the ass for them that they have to come at you to get them and then make them engage your tactical Marines. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty time tested list really. Uh, I think most of the guys who jumped in Imperial fist pretty early and from a lot of the Imperial fist lists that I'm seeing now, you know, you had that Australian meta, which was like bunkers city. Like they all knew that if they're going to, you, you, we like, the whole the whole game we kind of learned early on that you cannot run these big squads without either you know an Aegis, a void shield generator, anything like that. It's just gonna you're just gonna get fucked up, and so it it, it does make sense to if you if yeah. you want to run mass infantry against anti infantry everything like the armies are based around killing marines, so like just bunches yeah. and bunches of marines are gonna get are gonna get taken off. You have to bring the enemy to you. Or else they're just gonna just light you up the whole time. So I get it. Yeah, I get. Well, the and and the, also with the the reason I threw the basilisk in there, the Medusa is only thirty six inch range. The basilisk is like one twenty or two forty, something fucking crazy. You're just gonna shoot multiple tables. The reason I did that is because Phosphex quad mortars only have a thirty six inch range, and other Medusas only have a thirty six inch range. So it allows you to put those basilisks all the way back. Like all the like, no matter whether you're playing hammer and anvil or whatever, you can cram them fuckers all the way back with their asses wedged in a corner, and still be able to hit anything on the board. And the thing that you're going to want to get rid of with your big masses of marines standing in the open are enemy quad mortars, enemy scorpus whirlwinds, enemy medusas, things like that. And those basilisks will actually be able to hit those things when they can't hit the basilisks. You're going to outrange them. So yeah. that's kind of the idea of why I went with Basilis over Medusas. And, you know, people would be like, oh, these Medusas are blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, oh, cool story, bro. Well, you're going to have to drive at me two turns while my Basilis hammer your fucking Medusa before you get in Medusa range to shoot my Basilis. So how, how shitty are my Basilis again? Please tell me. You know what I mean? Like, it's really just bringing the right tool to the right situation. Like, it, it you can... A Basilis is superior to the medusa in a lot of situations it's just people just fall in love with that strength 10 you know lower like not ap3 and just think that it's the best because of that when they don't understand that like you're choo i'm choosing the basilisk because it does for this one attribute that this other thing doesn't have for this particular list yeah it'll never be in that range or need to be in that range that that makes the medusa great so. Right, and the other problem with Medusas is because they're only 36, if you play Hammer and Anvil or you play whatever, people have to deploy them where their ass isn't glued to the back of the deployment zone. So then it allows people with drop pods or whatever to find gaps to get close to them to melt a gun or whatever. Whereas a Basilisk, because it can wedge itself literally all the way back in the corner, you can bubble wrap it a lot easier and it's still going to be in range regardless of where they're at on the tabletop. So it makes it in my opinion, harder to get to, to get rid of all day. No, a hundred percent. I, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from on that one. Very cool. Very cool idea. 
So just bunker up in a corner. Very Imperial Fist, though. It's like Super Imperial Fist. Right. That's the idea with this. Because the, the Quad Mortar shoots 60 with the normal rounds. And then the Scorpus shoots 48, which you're going to have to put it a little closer. And then the, the Medusa shoot really far. So the idea behind the list was to wedge the fucking Basilisk in a corner. Um, then put the quad mortars kind of out in front of them and then bubble wrap that all and then put your Scorpus kind of even maybe a little closer than that and then kind of bubble wrap all that with your 40 Marines and then put your Aegis line in front of that to make your fire base and just shoot the fuck out of them. And then when your Terminators come available, you know, deep strike that into their backfield to really put a really tough, big, good distraction back there to fuck up their backfield stuff and also score something on their end of the table. All day. It's kind of the idea. I guess just because uh, I know you said you're new to 40K, so or new to 30K, coming from 40K, 30K. just keep an eye out for quad mortars, man. Quad mortars, Medusas will fuck you up. Other basilisks, Scorpus whirlwinds. Just go, like. Go reverse the podcast. Go back to us just saying all those things. Go look them up. Identify them. Because those are the first things you're going to need to target with your Basilisk. Uh, because uh, pie plates at AP3 are just going to ruin your day. And especially something like uh, Quad Mortar Squad. If I don't think they'll move too much. But those those are definitely the first right. things you want to go and take care of. Just right. just for your first yeah, early game. Like I said, I yeah, that's why the Basilisk... Because the Basilisk are high strength AP three with blasts that shoot further than a, a quad mortar. So they'll be able to kill the enemy quad mortars. So will your Scorpus. And that's what, you know, it's basically your Scorpus and your Basilisk are designed to kill that, that other stuff before it kills you. Hell yeah. Is what Michael's saying. Yep. that's right. Go check out blood and skulls industries on eBay. They just released some dope as muzzle brakes for Basilisks and big stuff. Did you see that Ryan? Yeah, they look cool. Very cool. They look so dope. They, they just like take the basilisk and like kick it up to the next level. Just these giant muzzle brakes they built for like basilisk barrels. They're 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 tight as shit. That's Machinator on eBay. Uh Blood and Skulls Industries. So anyway, that's it. That's all the list. That's all the list that's this it. week. Well, we got two more, but they came in too late. I didn't have time to do them, so they're gonna have to be done next week. But if your name is Tristan Imhoff, and my and I, I know this guy, or Dave Stolarski, that's my buddy Detroit Dave. Um, if you're either of those two people, I do have your list, and they will be done, but not on this episode. So just stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. So we got some event shout-outs we do need to get to. Uh, first things first, let me go ahead and give this guy a shout-out. So the... This is going to be the OFCC Warhammer 30K Weekender. Uh, this comes from Rose City Horus Heresy. Uh, this is going on on July 28th. Rose City Horus Heresy will be joining forces with the Ordo Fanaticus to host a 30K campaign event for this year's Ordo Fanaticus Club Challenge. The OFCC will be putting Trader and Loyalist forces in a simple campaign. See rules below. Tickets will be $50 each. $40 for Oro Fanaticus Champions. Oh, cool. 
Order Fanaticus Club Challenge is an event based around a friendly play and is meant to be a fun, non-competitive atmosphere in Portland, Oregon. It has been running for over 10 years and plays host to many game systems, including Warhammer 40K, Age of Darkness, Blood Bowl, Infinity, Age of Sigmar, and Ninth Age of all sorts. Some are all some of the game systems that will be being played at this year's OFCC. Tickets will be on sale at the link below, which is ordofanaticus.com. That's where they're selling it. Info for the 30K event will be 32 spots for the 30K event, a.k.a. 16 tables, so limited space. Uh, you'll need to sign up as trader or loyalist. There will be 16 trader spots and 16 loyalist spots. It'll be three games Saturday and two games Sunday. Tickets will be $50. Uh, where to buy tickets will be posted with the ticket venue, blah, blah, blah. Will tickets go on sale? Uh, OFCC will be held at the Hilton Hotel in Vancouver, Washington. Basically Portland, Oregon. Uh, it'll be a campaign, not a tournament. So, Junkhouse Entertainment LLC will be giving away a Burning River Sparrow and a Patrol Calf box set as prizes. One for best sportsmanship and another for best overall army. Best army will be judged on paint, modeling, and theme. There will be open gaming, meet, and greet Friday as folks arrive. So, And it's a 2,500 point event. So... That is going down at the Hilton in Vancouver, Washington, July 28th, OFCC. Sounds good for that. Uh, let me go ahead and do you want to go ahead and bring up Nova? Yep. So I got the flyer right here. So the Nova Open is a really big, uh, you know, general like, uh, game convention. It's probably what second only to Adepticon in the U.S. for that type of stuff for miniatures gaming. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So it is August 31st through September 3rd in Washington D.C. It's at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City. Um, the Adepticon Horus Heresy team will be back at Nova this year to run four days of narrative Horus Heresy events. Our registrations are way up from last year, but we still have plenty of spots available for all heresy events. This will be a much bigger and better event than last year. And last year's event was pretty awesome. If you missed out on something at Adepticon, this is your chance to get all the events you want. Um, you can go to NovaOpen.com um, and see all that. So I've already signed up for this. Um, I've signed up for five or six painting classes. And I've also signed up for the single player uh, narrative. So I will be there. Um, and my wife is coming uh, with me. So you can uh, not only tell me to stay in my lane uh, to my face, but you can probably uh, see my wife tell me to stay in my lane to my face. <laughs> you can do it in front of his wife. You can degrade him in front of his own wife. So <laughs> take advantage of that, people. And what day was that, Ryan? I don't know if you said it. That is September, or sorry, August 31st through September 3rd. Very cool. That's Nova Open, guys. Uh, next on the list is Texacon 2017, July 7th through 9th, taking place in Hearst, Texas. Uh, this is going to be uh, registration officially started on March 27th. Uh, this is going to be, let me see here. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of information out already for 
uh, the Horse Heresy track. So I guess just keep posted. Stay posted on that, guys. Uh, I know Texcon has a Facebook page, and I know some of the guys that, that are in our actual Patreon chat are going are actually working on it right now. Uh, so I guess stay tuned for that. And then if that's all the really information I have on that. If whoever is running that, if they want to send us some actual information on it, uh, we'll shout it out. But until that happens, that's all I got for it. Uh, same thing for the TNT event in Tennessee. I know it's happening. I just don't have any more information to shout out for it. So if you want us yep. to shout Samson it out, we know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Samson, Samson tried. <laughs> so anyway, if we can get some more information on that, we will gladly shout it out. So no problems with that. So but anyway, that's all I have for this episode. You got anything else? One last the Freebooters auction sold. Oh, yes. The Freebooters auction did sell. Uh, sold for $700. Uh, it was a yep. freaking nice painted for nicely painted Imperial Fist Army for $700. I'm glad that anybody who helped out or anybody who went in there and, or I guess the guy who bought it or, you know, just anybody who helped out with that, I appreciate you guys. Uh, it's, it's for a good cause, and I'm glad that it did sell. And if for some reason maybe your word of mouth got somebody to go look at that army and go bid on it, then by all means, I'm glad. Yeah. Glad whoever so, you are. So Jamie is. actually just posted on her Facebook. Jamie is the charge of that. He said, I just wanted to send a big shout-out to Ryan and Michael for the PR. Uh, the Toys for Tall auction raised $700 for the charity. Uh, Ryan also donated some of the parts to the auction. Um, I've had a few messages asking me what other armies are going to be up this year. Um, here's the confirmed lineup. First up is the New England Patriot-themed Skaven Blood Bowl team. So uh, the, guy, the guy who's doing this is doing uh, a cheating Skaven in New England Patriots theme with deflated footballs and everything, from the way I understand it. So that's why he went with Skaven and the Patriots to like play up the cheater aspect. I don't think he's a Patriots fan. Um, that's so, so cool, man. So there's going to be that. Um, the next thing is a 30K Space Wolves army in the 1,500-point range. There will also be a 30K Custodes army. Uh, Perpetual Painting is building this army out, and the list is 2,500 points, 2,500 points with two transports, and two of the uh, heavy tanks, the ones that are just the shooting heavy tanks. So Dave, the guy from my game club, British Dave, owns Perpetual Painting. He's going to be painting the whole army. So it's going to be pro-painted. It's going to be a nice army. Um, then next up is a 30K Iron Warriors army. This will likely be the largest of the armies as I'm shooting for 3,000 points plus. It will likely be ready early in the fall. Um, and then finally, the last confirmed thing. So there should be more. There could be more, but this is the last confirmed army. Is the uh, is a thirty k Night Lords army that is a belief that he believes both will have Conrad Kurz and Sevatar in the army and should be eighteen fifty plus. Which Jamie, it has to be two thousand points if you're going to put Kurz in it. So um, if you need an extra hundred and fifty points to make it that, I will give you the models to do that. Um, so he says, thank you for all the uh, interest and bids. Um, 100% of these auctions will go to charity. And he says, finally, he says, Ryan, stay in your lane. So, stay in your lane, Ryan. Badass, guys. And we... We what? 
yeah, we definitely don't mind uh, helping out and shouting cool things out like this. So, you know, if you guys, you know, do any charity auctions or anything like that, that's going to benefit, you know, a charity or the gaming community or anything like that. It's just a matter, you know, of trying to get the word out there. Please let us know. We will shout it out. Uh, if the guys are interested in donating models to the free Buddhas for the charity auction, is that something that y'all do for the free Buddhas? Like, is that something they'll take models? In? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, they would never not, I don't, I don't think they would have any problem taking models. So if that's something somebody wants to do, uh, just get in contact with me and, uh, you can work through me cause I'll, I'll definitely get it to the right people. hundred percent. I'll get it to Jamie, Jamie, the main guy, he lives in Alabama. So depending on where you're at in the U S if you're closer to me and it was cheaper for you to get it to me, I could then get it to him. Or if you're closer to him, um, I could put you in contact with him and, uh, you could get the models to him. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's for charity. I don't think anybody would, you know, turn down any donations. 10-4. Yeah, I just know there's a lot of times where, where it ends up where you're just kind of like, man, I have all these models I'm never going to use for this army project I never started, so why not donate them and get an army built up for yep. for charity? If, if, so. For sure. If Yeah, if that's something somebody wants to do, just... uh get in contact with me and uh, I'll definitely, you know, set it up and get them to the right people. So sounds good guys, man. Well, is this going to close out episode 50? Uh, it was a good time. So that's all I got. Prepare to prepare yourself for the music guys. That is it. <laughs>